minds in the game hosted by adam camilleri art of war down under hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this episode 78 the pre-ultimate lvo end of the season goodness show that you're listening out of war down under how you doing my name is adam camilleri i'm joined today by one of my favorite gentlemen. He's growing on me like a nice, fine tumor. Jack Harpster, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, especially better with that analogy. Can't get rid of me, Adam. I know, you were joined to me at the, at the hip. At this are, point, yeah. Yeah, we are, must, be, uh, must be cut in twain to be severed. Um, but we are here to review the Golden Boys, the Custodians. They're fastly becoming one of your favorite factions. Absolutely. They, they've been so much fun since they came out. I've played, oh my God, at this point, they've been out for like three weeks, and I've played maybe... 22 they've, games with them? I think they've been out for two weeks. I think we had the rules. We, we, we yeah. got the rules, you know. The internet blessed us with the rules yeah. <laughs> a week early. YouTube uh, previews. Yeah, yeah. Kind. Had enough to be going with. But we're here to review that. Come over the back of the review of the Gene Steel Cock Code. This will be coming out for you guys the week before LVO. And my good man sitting next to me is in a position to win the whole damn thing, right? I think everyone is, but I hope my... Uh... Hope I'm the one to pull it off. And you are taking Custodius to that event. I am. I'm actually painting a Caladius as we speak. He's, he's sitting next to me right now in the in the trap house painting, painting a Caladius. It's actually quite a sight. I am, yeah. Yeah, after uh, after we painted some bases today and we had a couple yep. of games, it's yep. been really good. Yep. Adam's um, my hero. He's but painted yeah, my bases for me. After seeing the rising passion of Jack for this army, I had no no choice but to get him on. Well, I knew this. I had to earn a spot somehow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we done the we did the Blood Angels of the Black Tail Plus together. That's right. I had to show my dedication and in the, a similar oh, way. Oh my lord, the Black Tail Plus future went pretty well. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know what? That's a review that stood the test of time, to be honest. <sighs> Solid mediocrity, unfortunately, is the, is the Blood Angels inheritance. Um, what that means is you know that we're gonna be honest with you. That's true. You're gonna we're gonna get straight, you're gonna be straight talking, straight shooting. And this book is Really interesting. Uh, it is hard. It's it's simple, but hard to. I don't know. I can't tell you. It's complex. It is it's complex. complex. It's, it's deep. deceptively complex. You don't have a big army. You don't have many models or many units. But the range of things you can get all of them to do is something to behold. It's actually really quite impressive. Yes, it's super uh, versatile. So to, to tell you a little bit about Art of War Down Under, this is a primarily a review-based podcast for new content coming out for Warhammer 40K. Um, when there is new content, we will be reviewing it at nauseum to the best of our ability, back to front, inside out, upside down. Um, and the, the whole purpose of this is to put a bunch of knowledge out there. It's really hard to stay current in uh, the modern era of the competitive game. Uh, and so if you can't necessarily run out and buy every codex, you don't have the money to, to dedicate yourself to, to chasing the metal, keeping and staying up. You can tune into the Art of Wild Down Under. Hear my hopefully enjoyable voice and a swathe of amazing experts tell you what is up, what is new, what is upcoming, what you should look out for, tool up for, and be made aware of. Um, this is a two-part podcast. First part comes out for you guys lovingly Tuesday mornings. Second part two is available at the same time, but it's over for paid subscribers and patrons over on um, the Art of War Down Under on Patreon, or you can go to theartofwar40k.com and purchase the second part of this podcast and addition to the second part of all the other amazing podcasts and all the amazing content done by Art of War. Hand pass to Jack to tell us about the War Room, which is kind of the flagship of the whole Art of War organization. Yeah, it's kind of our um, key offering. It's a global community of people 
who are as enthusiastic about 40K and about getting better and about playing it and about all the little nuances as you are. Um, it is a place where we have a whole lot of resources, uh, whether that's clinics, that's uh, strategy sessions, whether we go over like the nuances of a particular deployment <laughs> or a particular matchup, all kinds of learning resources for you to get better, to develop your skills mm. as a Warhammer 40K player. And there's just like thousands of hours of content in there now, like just thousands and thousands of hours. That's not including like uh, the, uh, the minimum of one War Room game you get just streamed directly to you, and usually those are absolute savage lists. Yeah, these gents to two a week now. Yeah, moving to two a week now. Get on there. So, so for for every everything that goes up on YouTube, there'll be one in the War Room as well. And it's really really spicy the stuff that goes on in the War Room right. games. You guys practicing the cutting edge stuff for the competitive game, and also things that the listeners want to see as well. That's right. That's right. So you can, a lot of times, if there's a particular matchup that you want, you might be able to request it uh, through YouTube donations, things like that. Those usually go on the YouTube side. Mm-hmm. But all of our most cutting-edge competitive, we're taking this to a, to a tournament list, those go in the war room against each other where we just beat the brakes off each other yeah. and we see... Yeah. Uh, who comes out on top. Exactly right. On to the meat and potatoes today, which is the review of the Adeptus Custodes. Custodes, Custards, I don't know, whatever you want to call them. Conical, coned, helmet men. Um, Golden Boys. Golden Boys. We're going to be doing this review cover to cover, and today we're going to get you the entirety of that book. We're doing it in one sitting from front to back. And then over in part two, we're going to be essentially just going through the huge swathe of listener questions, patron questions you guys have sent in. We've luckily got enough there. That's that's going to be the entirety of the part two. So if you want to be part of that as well and dictate and have a say and ask the questions of myself and our experts, go over, get in part two, subscribe, join up. Um, Dude, okay. Custodians prior to this book, where were they at? They weren't in a bad place particularly. Yeah. They were probably A tier for what it's worth. But they were in there in a very weird style. Their style was they would have a bunch of dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. They would move out. Their opponents would hit them as hard as they can. And then either that worked or it didn't. Yeah. And if the dreads died, or if your opponent was particularly good at killing you or preventing you from contesting objectives, yeah, you didn't get to win that game, exactly unfortunately. Right. Um, and if they weren't, well, then, buddy, you're in it with a shot. And a lot of armies weren't able to do it. Mm-hmm. But it just had a lack of agency on your part. They were slow. They mm-hmm. were grindy, mm-hmm. and you didn't feel like you had control over how your army actually played or what the, the outcome was. You it just kind of ground through. It was almost like it was dictated to you already. And, and there were some missions, like there was just some six objective missions versus certain armies. You just couldn't get a primary score, a respectable primary score. You, could, you couldn't get it. And it, was, there were, it, was, it was kind of a uh, – I said the same thing about Grey Knights. They were kind of on this house of cards coming out of 8th edition. They had some some great, some incredibly good stratagems in their previous codex, but their data sheets were really quite – bad by ninth edition standards and then they had this you know psychic awakening and other rules chucked on top which kind of gave them a bunch of extra stuff but didn't let them become more than they were like they okay the thing that you already do you do a little bit better oh congrats you know yes. not that and all that boiled down to was just them needing to be durable and every single yeah. resource and cp was just like my dudes can't die my dudes can't die because ninth edition got so killy that the durability baselines of you know always having an involved and a two plus arm and being toughness five wasn't that much chop and so, yes. it's real. This this book is really interesting. Um, a couple of things that they lost. Uh, it, it was a real backbone of the army. The fact that they had one of the last bastions of a three plus invulnerable save they that did. you could get on shield a, guard. And yeah. the uh, they had two sources of it in relics. In relics, so two characters and your shield guard and, and Trajan. As well. and, and Trajan, you had a bunch of uh, 
three plus invulnerable saves that pretty much have been stripped back wholesale from everyone else in the game. And on top of that, you had literally the best swathe of, um, or suite, I suppose we could say, of defensive stratagems left. Yes. You well, had, you go. They had the ability to subtract one from the strength of any hit that was incoming mm -hmm. from Shadow Keepers. That was one CP. They had the ability to turn off rerolls uh, to hit and wound, and I believe yep. damage. Uh, that was two CP. Then they had the ability to transhuman, only yep. be wounded on four plus. Yep. That was again two CP. Um, that will be important later. Later, it will be important later. But they uh, they lived and died on their on their stratagems. Yep. It was very hard to make battalions. You always ran into the same three mm -hmm. problems when you were building your Custodes army. I did yeah. this. I tried to build a Custodes army and take it to an event. You ran into the problem of what detachment do I want? If I'm exactly taking that. a battalion, yeah. I have the CP I want. Because if you have CP with if you had CP with the your stuff just doesn't die. Your stuff didn't die. But as soon as you die. ran out of CP and you were Fell over. super hungry yeah. for it, yeah. uh, you would die. You were now mortal. So you could take a battalion, at which point you had the slots you needed to take units, and you had the CP you needed to make them work, but you had no points left because you took a bunch of troops. Yeah, exactly. Or right. you took a patrol. Now you don't have you only take one troop, so you have the points you need, and you have the CP you need, but no slots. But no so slots. You, you actually fill yeah. up really fast really and you quick. run out of useful units to take. Or you could take like a spearhead Vanguard, or a Vanguard outrider. or an Outrider or yeah. something, and you would have the points you need, and, and you have would have the thing. slots for it, but you wouldn't have the CP, and your army yeah. wouldn't function. And there was no way around that trifecta of problems. Yes. There was just no way I tried. Yeah, and it was it was quite rough for them to build an effective mono army. They were they were one of the, the best souping factions, especially for like Imperial Guard. Um, I, I know Militarum and Tempestus and Scion and, and Custodius was one of my favorite combinations in all eighth edition, and even this ninth edition. But enough of that. Let's get into this review. For those following along at home, we'll be starting at page 52. Yeah, this that's is... where they were. Let's see where they are now. Yes, exactly right. We had to set the stage. We had to that's let you know right. where we this left is... off. I learned about this from Hitchcock. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly he's, he's my mentor in this. That's right. Um, so starting off with the detachment abilities, we have um, Deptus Custodes saying you got a host of heroes, blah, 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 getting obsec, et cetera, et cetera. Is there anything in here that needs to be pointed out, mate? Yes. So you count as two models. For controlling objectives, yes, and you count as two models for lookouts. So lookouts are not as important. Mm -hmm. Your characters are particularly durable, although you know the uh, those sisters character we'll get to later. Spoiler alert: there's new, there are new sisters characters. Um, sisters of Silence. The biggest thing is counting as two models for an objective. Exactly, is that. gigantic. That's everything. That's dreadnoughts. That's Caladius. That's everything. all your infantry, your bikes, your characters. Even if they're not obsec, they still count as two. That's right. Um, and this was the biggest reason they couldn't play the primary in the previous codex. Right. Because they counted as one model. And you cool, you had three guys that were just unkillable with on a, on a one-up armor save or whatever in cover, or a three-plus invulnerable save, and then I just ran two units of ten infantrymen, guardsmen on it. I'm yep. like, congratulations, it's mine you, you, for the yeah. next, at least the we're next two here. turns. Yeah. Um, it was really, really bad. This is a huge game changer. This is, and it's... It's something where it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. I didn't, I certainly didn't think this was yeah. enough. I thought this was going to be... Oh, it's I okay thought, when it comes up. I thought yeah. if they counted as three, now we're talking. Two, you know, maybe that was that was quite, you know, maybe that was a little conservative, whatever. You know, maybe it'll come into play once or twice. It matters all the time. All the damn time. A five-man can't walk up to your three-man and take it away. Yep. They yeah. just can't do it. Five-man five man intercessors have to kill a freaking custode to take an objective. But it's, That's so hard to do for them. So one of your vehicles takes an objective away from one of your opponent's vehicles. That is solo huge. Solo models. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. You just trump them one model for one model. But whenever mm -hmm. you need to swarm an objective, it gets silly 
really fast. Well, you can plant with, with, 20 models. We have played games where you have turn one, like in, in direct assault, put t- effective one obsec model and then the equivalent of 20 other models on an objective. And it's just been, well, it's yours. Cool. Yep, it's fine. Got, it's, it, I'm, I'm leaving. We're going to go elsewhere. If this uh, was 10, <laughs> you could try and pull Yeah, exactly. Players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try and kill, you know, kill one or two models and bang, a 10 man can take it off you. Um, and yeah, not, not a thing. Um, Anathema Psychana. So for the first time, um, I think there's a legitimate case for saying Sisters of Silence and Custodes feel like one homogenous faction or two sub-factions yep. joined together at yep. the hip. Um, so Anathema Psychana troops in Anathema Psychana detachments gave OPSEC as well if you were to go mono yep. down that track. Yep. Or as that's just saying, in a battalion with in a Talons of the Emperor-esque battalion, they get OPSEC as well. That's right. Uh, the biggest thing is that uh, you can't include more Anathema Psychana troops than you do Adeptus Custodes troops. Yep. And same thing for the HQs. Yeah. And you can't pick an Anathema Psychana model as your Warlord. That's whatever. You want your Warlord to be Trajan. We'll get to him in a bit. Um, but mostly it's so you can't take a battalion that's three Prosecutor units. Mm-hmm. And you can't take your two HQs as being um, as being the two sisters HQs. It's mostly so you have to actually have a Custodes detachment. Yep. And then you get to fill some slots with Anathema mm-hmm. Psychana. Functionally, this means battalions are so much easier to make. That's it's such a quality of life increase because it used to be a minimum. I think it was around six hundred, probably six hundred fifty points to just fill the basics of a battalion prior to this. That sounds about right. It, honestly, I, 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 I think it's closer to seven hundred points. But four fifty for the troops. And yeah, you have to take two HQs. Two HQs at, at that are minimum. I think one hundred and forty points ish each. And the troops aren't bad, but they're not optimal. And no, being not. able to swap one of them out. For yeah. a prosecutor you just, unit. You just get 100 points. Especially, like, it's huge. the biggest thing here is that um, custodies just want some cheap units in the army. You need them. Right? Yeah. Something needs to run onto an objective, and it's going to be out of the way. Or something, something needs to, needs to hold st- your backfield. Because you, you don't want to leave a 200-point anything in your backfield. Exactly. That's just that's a waste. Every custodies wants to be fighting, yeah. and the fact that you can take Anathema Psychana units lets your them hold your backfield while the custodies all exactly go forward right. and fight. Which um, is exactly how it should be. So next up on this page is host of heroes. So you can only have one shield captain per detachment. That's kind of one fair of, enough. But each. the thing is, one yeah. of each kind. Yeah. So you can take one guardian shield captain. That's the normal armor. One Alaris shield captain. One versus prayer. One on black shield yeah. captain. Yeah, yeah. Um, and nextly up, we have of course the, the Watch of the Throne, the Cancer Two for look at. So and the fighting style. So this this did matter prior to this. Doesn't kind of matter now for the competitive game. This is pretty much just stating you have to be a mono shield host yes. in order to activate the Katars specifically. At this point, we uh, know that all. Um, everybody has to everybody has that to abide by if that. you want to be uh, comp- in, playing in the competitive match right. play. So not a big deal. Um, you want to c- explain? Uh, sorry, the, we'll get to the Katars later. It's actually frustrating we don't talk about them now. But we're jumping into the shield hosts, um, and we're going to, I'm going to give you the first one: Empress Children, Chosen, Empress Chosen. <laughs> Chosen. Children, put them. That's, that's going to happen so many times. First time, that's, Empress Ch. It was going to happen. More, it's going to happen more than once on this podcast. Um, so, so Empress Chosen, this it, is yeah. our favorite. This is my personal favorite. I yeah. think this is this is the best. I mean, you go to Shadowkeepers or Solar Watch, and you're seeing some really tasty combos. There are really good options here, but this one stands out because I think it's got the flex, and I'll tell you why. So, okay, uh, first and foremost, by the way, guys, um, your mono faction bonus essentially is getting a, a, a specialist Katar that only affects. You know what? Stuff this. We're going to do the Katars. We're going to do the Katars. We're doing the Katars now um, because yep. it's so silly that we can't. We, we have to talk. It'll come up later. Yeah. Basically, each one is a Katar they specialize in and they're better at. We'll, yeah. We'll, and if you want to conceptualize that, it's very similar to how Necrons do protocols. They're one protocol better than yeah, the others. Exactly, um, except these are way better than Necron protocols. Tell us about the Marshal Katars. Yes, so Marshal Katars. There are six of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, ranging various flavors of situational. Yep. You at this each one has two parts. All right, stance yep. one, stance two, stance A, stance B. Yep. At the start of the game, after deployment. Yep. But before you know who's going first, you pick three of them and put them in an order, secretly. Yep. The opponent doesn't get to know. A la protocols. A la protocols. Turn one, yep. you reveal your first command phase. You reveal your first. You reveal your first kata. Yep. And you pick one, one of, of the, the two, two stances. stances. Yeah. It's either stance one or stance two doesn't matter. All right. You get the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. Then the following turn, in your following command phase, you can either choose to do the second half of the other stance. The stance you didn't pick, or go to the next kata. Go to the next kata. And if you go to the next kata, you can't go and get that one you didn't use. It's gone. You can't it's get back. It's gone. You're done. Yeah, yeah. You're done. You just flip the card, and then the, the first card might as well be destroyed. It's, um, uh, it's very intuitive once you start doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I understand that it's a little complicated uh, just conceptualizing it, but mm. once you get going with it, it actually makes quite a bit of sense. Well, let's run through them now. I'll start with the first one. I'll do uh, Callistus. Stance one here. Each time this unit advances, you can roll an additional D6 and discard one of the results. And the second stance is each time this unit makes a normal move or advances in your moving phase, in your following shooting phase, it counts as having remained stationary. So, something to remember about Kata's. Yep. None of the vehicles get them. And, of course, not as of right now, none of the Forge World units get them either. I expect the Forge World bikes and infantry will get we'll access get them. to them. Yeah, because the bikes and infantry in the, this, right. this book have them. They don't have the Marshall Kata keyword. Yep. Because, of course, they were Forge World. They were designed, you know. Long Who knows how long ago? Yeah. Who knows how long ago? Yeah. The point is, um, I'm, the Dreads and vehicles in the Custodes book that just came out do not have Marshall Kata. Yeah. So I expect that the Forge World ones also will not receive them. Mm-hmm. But... I'm going to evaluate the book under the assumption that the infantry and bikes will, will get receive them. them. Yeah. Although, as of LVO, I'm playing them. I have to play them as though they don't. Yeah. Uh, one thing to do point out, though, is uh, we didn't mention this in the, like, where were they prior to this book section, but it was absolutely a thing that um, custodians were propped up by their Forge World options. Yes. Venatari, the three, pick your style of Dreadnought. And, yeah, they were completely propped up. Almost the, almost the crutch of the army was the Telamons, the Galatus, Achilles, and the Venatari. The Caladius. And, and, and the, exactly. The Caladius had a whole heyday, had a whole meta that it dominated in 8th edition. Yeah. Um, but and had, typically had, everything in the book, you would, yeah. in the actual Custodes Codex, you would ignore. You wouldn't yeah, take it. Exactly right. Um, all right, so that's Callistus. Um, what do you think about it? Any good? It's fine. I used to just, what usually happens is you take a burner turn one. Your, your turn one isn't going to be as important. Yeah. And that's where Callistus or another one, Salvus, we'll get to that one. Yep. That, those ten, generally tend to be one of your first turns because they're fairly non-committal. Yep. And yep. they're just a good well, thing. Well, yeah, Callistus is a great, is a great uh, uh, I needed to spread the board. I'm playing um, Hammer and Anvil. I need to get exactly. to the big board quick. Playing the Scouring, I need to post up, things like this. And, of course, it has a, a stance two is pretty kind of irrelevant in a lot of cases in an infantry-based list it for is. a lot of things. And so you're just like, oh, you need your burner turn to not use a good one turn one. Yep, Bang, it's good it on bikes. Bikes like to advance and shoot. That's true. Close, this is not bad. I, yeah. I don't I don't dislike I don't it. it. Something to keep in mind, by the way, when you are evaluating the Kados, is that one of the Warlord traits, it's the one that Trajan has, actually, or one of the ones Trajan has. Yeah. Is, yeah, because he has two. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, he can rearrange them once a game. Yes, he can swap so, one out, swap one in. You can set up to have your first one be a burner, whereas your power ones are your second and third one. Yeah. With the understanding that if your opponent pushes you and you need your power katas, you know, early, you can switch them around, get access to them right. Exactly away. right. 
All right, next one up, Conserver. Conserver? Conserve. 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 Uh, stance one, this unit can perform an action in a turn in which it advanced or fell back. That's huge. And secondly, um, while this unit is performing an action, it can shoot without the action failing. Also freaking huge. One of the things you struggle with so much is having so few units, so few models. You want to take banners. You don't want to be giving it all up on your 200-point units to just right. sit around, you know? And falling back and doing actions is big. Advancing doing actions huge. is big. Yeah. The thing about this one is you never take it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but it's good that you have it okay. because what you have is a one CP strategy. We'll get to later. You can put any unit in a stance of a kata they're not currently in. It's beautiful. So this one, you never take it army wide, but when you need it, you, you have that. You flex. To it. You flex into it. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Uh, cool. I want to put up this, these two banners in my deployment zone, but I want to be able to reach that one over there. So bang, these guys are going into it. Out they go. Going to grab it for me. Exactly. Um, exactly. is up next. Each time a unit. So each time an enemy unit piles in or consolidates, if it starts that move within engagement range of this unit, subtract two from the distance the models in that enemy unit can move from the piling or consolidation move. Stance two. Each time this unit fights, it can use this ability. If it does, then until the fight is resolved, add one to the attack characteristics of models in this unit and change the damage characteristics of models, oh, sorry, immediately weapons they're equipped with to one. So they get plus one attack, uh, but down to damage one no matter where they are, which is always going to be minus one damage because only Trajan is three damage. Exactly. Exactly. But... Dakatari is. This is my favorite. Crazy! It's crazy. Yeah, this is not even. We not even close. We didn't know how crazy this was until we started playing, and we're like, "Dear me, oh my! This stops so much." Exactly. The first one is the power one. It is. Um, making it so your only your opponent only piles in and consolidates one inch is huge. You're playing a horde. Yeah. Well, they don't get to move. They don't get to move. Without they, the pylon yeah. and consolidate, yeah. they don't get to do anything. You're barely getting attacked by, you know, you can do so much agency with just tapping you over on this side. Oh, if you want, you can't pile in enough guys over there because you spread out too far in that direction. Oh, oh I, I'm yeah. on the objectives, yeah? Cool. I'm on the objectives. You have to walk onto the objective to get it off me or charge on. I've got a heroic intervention as well. So you have to charge me. Uh, and guess what? One inch consolidates the pylon. Not enough models made it on the objective. It's, exactly. it's still mine. And you just yeah. got to let me kill you. It's huge. The way that a lot of armies, uh, like Thick City with their racks, yeah. the way they make you deal with your racks, the racks is if they're in combat with you, they're piling in three, consolidating three all over every objective. Everything, drowning. And them. it means you're losing objectives, you're mm -hmm. losing primarily to try and fight their talus and their uh, grotesques. Not so fast. Yeah. Um, you can put your army in Dakatari and you just tag their army and they just don't move. They don't move. They don't go anywhere. They don't move. They don't get attacks. They don't mm -hmm. get to do really much of anything. And it just, it just, is just freeze, stop. You don't get to do anything, hold on. And remember, you can put a unit in this over and over again with a CP, so your opponent's army can just get touched over and over again exactly with Atari, right. and it just freezes them out. And they have to start falling back, and then you can start charging them again, bring Dak Atari up again. This, this is a fun sponge, just put it out there. This thing is like a blanket throwing over your exactly. agency in the game. It's so good. Yeah. All right, if next. you uh, Tanglefoot somebody also... Yep. And their charge sucks, <sighs> and they barely make it into yeah. you. Yeah, and they're piling well, one against the letter one. Guess uh, what? They're barely attacking you, too. Yeah, yeah. And stance two, if you're minus one damage, if you're against something that's minus one damage or is already one wound, exactly. there is no reason not to activate it. It's exactly right. Against minus one damage, like Thick City or Crusher Stampede, it's literally just plus one attack. Exactly right. It's just plus one attack. It, th that one is actually just very good in the current game at the moment. Yes. All right, Selvis. Stance one, add four to the range characteristics of range weapons models in this unit are equipped with. 
Um, and stance two, if this unit is infantry and does not advance in your movement phase, in the following shooting phase, if it is not within engagement range of any enemy models, it can shoot twice with auric weapons, page 101, that they are equipped with. I like both of these, but I thought I'd like number two more, but I actually like number one more Yes, now. number one has grown on me quite a bit. I used to start out with Callistus as yep. my first stance in yep. most of my games. Now it's Salvus. Yep. Um, the plus four inch to the range matters a lot for bikes with salvo launchers. Agreed. Salvo launchers like Salvis? Weird. With a boom. Bada ba ba ba. But you almost, I almost never go to stance two unless I really need a burner turn, like I really need one. Uh, um, it's it's in the horde matchup. Exactly. Like, before you're about to make contact. Auric yeah. weapons are the Sentinel Blade, the Guardian Spear, and the Castellan Axe, anything as well as any relics. Yeah, it's pretty much anything attached to a weapon. Exactly. Um, but what that means is they're shooting, even with doubling their shots, is just not that impressive. It's just not that much. I'd it's rather the plus one attack much. from Dakatari. Yeah. It's more impressive. I really would. But the plus four inch range, turn one, keeps you out of threat ranges with your bikes, Agreed. keeps you out of threat yep. ranges with yep. different units in your army. Well, I even, I even like a turn two for playing keeping off against uh, Dark Eldar. Because right. being tw 24 inches away, so 28 inches away, so much better than 24. Exactly. For not getting charged with well, the advance and charged. The you? critical part is turn one, Talos with heat lances, can you move to eight. Yes, 18, we figured this which is out. 26 inch range. Yeah, you have 28 inch, inch range on your salvo <laughs> launchers yeah. now, and you're just out of their threat. Exactly right. It's so you, huge. It's, it's a big deal. Um, it's great against any aggressive matchup. Crusher mm -hmm. Stampede. Yes, staying 20 inch to 24 is night and day. Yeah, against Mark's orcs, like his aggressive Goff orcs, orcs in your face. Yeah, Goff yeah. orcs. Uh, 24 is you're getting charged. 28 is you're not getting charged. Well, 20, 28 and a, and a tangle foot, or, and use a forest on top, and you just... You just exactly. You just 24 is you're getting hit. Yeah. 28, uh, you're fine. Next up is Rendax. Each time... So, stance one. Each time a model in this unit makes an attack against a vehicle or monster unit, and a modified hit roll of six automatically wounds the target. Um, so, this is... This is shooting shooting and combat. combat. It's very, way. very yeah. nice when you need it. And stance two. Each time a model in this unit makes an melee attack against... Uh, vehicle or monster unit. If that model's unit makes a charge, move was charged upon heroic intervention, add one to the strengths characteristics of that attack. Both of those are that Rendax might be the just the best power one in the in the competitive meta at the moment, with just what you're playing into. So it's pretty good, and it also we'll get to this later is the preferred kata of what we consider to be the best shield host. Yeah, Empress chosen. Preferred kata means once a game you can activate both, both. stances instead of yeah. one, and that does let you go back-to-back -back turns. Yes. So if you activate stance two, then the following turn you can activate stance one and two. Yeah. Or you can activate stance one and two in the following turn yeah. and activate stance one. Yeah. You know? So that's pretty solid. Rendax is great if your opponent has a bunch of vehicles or monsters. Correct. Um, and when you don't, you, just, a lot of break you just leave it out when they don't. It's exactly. Fine. Yeah. It takes your axes to strength nine. It takes your interceptor lances to strength eight. Interceptor lances going to strength eight is gigantic. It Such works. a big deal. Such a big you deal. charge them with ramshackle, if you're one damage, you don't do anything. If you're two damage, you murder you them. Waste them. Absolutely waste them. And so plus one of the strength takes them to eight. You ignore Ramshackle all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Orcs get slapped. Absolutely It's right. a huge deal in that match. All right, next one and last one, Capitaris. Um, stance one, each time a melee attack is made against this unit, re uh, the hit roll cannot be re-rolled. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Stance two, each time a an enemy unit... Excluding vehicle or monster units is that is an engagement range of an infantry units from your army with this ability is selected to fall back a roll sorry roll off with your opponent adding one to your opponent's roll if their unit can fly if you win the enemy unit cannot fall back that is okay super strong okay, okay. Uh, this just gets so spicy knowing you can flex into it right right so you don't take you don't do you take this one army wide 
You take this as you one of your cards. You certainly you can. can. You, in, in the right matchups, you absolutely can. Um, so so stance one is strong. You yeah. can't reroll army wide. Solid. Don't have a problem mm. with that. And stance two is it's solid. It's fine. Yeah. It's off of infantry. Sometimes you'll have infantry that's good with this. So you can pick it army wide, and it's totally, totally good. But yeah, having the one CP flex into the stance two off this, where you can trap enemy units, yeah. is great because it doesn't key off of your units; it keys off of your opponents. Exactly. So if you touch four separate units with your <laughs> unit of wardens or whatever, every time they want to fall back, that's a roll off. Not you don't pick one yes. unit and it, you have to roll off. It's if you touch four, they each have to roll off. Yes. They want to fall back. Exactly it's gigantic. right. Gigantic. It's really, really big. And the difference between custodians getting shot and not getting shot is night and day. As it sits right now, you can make a case for all of these. Yeah, I think Conservey is one of the is the one that you would use the CP for the most, followed by maybe Captaris. They're just they're very situational, but they're very strong mm. in the right situation. And I think they change dramatically. Unlike, unfortunately, unlike Necron protocols, which I see almost always go in the same order. Maybe two change and swap. Um, and literally, they're swapping like a turn two and a turn four in, in my mind. These ones, I feel like you would change so much depending on your opponent. I think most of the time you're going to start out with either Callistus or Salvus. Salvus, and then... And then you take either Dakatari, Rendax, or Captaris, two of those three, and you put them in an order. Exactly right. And uh, I think the, the minutiae of how you plan this out is going to go a far, far, far ways to your success in the game. All right, let us go back to where we were. Now that we have the actual context for what we were talking about, here is the Empress Chosen package. Um, their special... So they're, essentially their chapter tactic... For, for the fighter, better, for better, lack of a better word, is that they always have a carter of their own, essentially. Their own dedicated one that they have, yeah? Um, so, yes, they, they always have two traits that are always active for their mm -hmm. army. Uh, each one is pretty good. Honestly, some of these uh, fighting styles are called fighting styles. Yeah, I call, just just a, I call them just your personal carter that you always have active. It's, exactly. uh, that's the way I feel it in my head. They don't actually interact with the carter. No, not at all. It's completely separate. Completely separate. It's, it's, a, it's a chapter separate. tactic. It's a chapter yeah, tactic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the trait one here for Empress Chosen, each time a unit with this trait is selected to shoot or fight, you can re-roll one hit roll or one rune roll. So Master Artisans. Yeah, um, it's super good when you hit on twos all the time. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's pretty, it turns out it's pretty good. Pretty each, good. And then the tra second trait is each time model this unit um, with this trait would lose a wound as a relative of mortal wound on a roll of d6 on a 4+, plus, it is not lost. That's so strong. It has turned out to be quite spicy. Um, but giving the rest of the package, and we'll talk about it as one lump. Um, esteemed Amalgam, 1 CP. Use this strategy in your command phase. Select one Empress Chosen unit from your army, and then select one other shield host's fighting style. So one other chapter tactic. Until the start of your next command phase, the models in this unit have the trait of that shield host fighting style instead of the one, um, the Magna one we just talked about then, their personal one. This is the reason, This, this so, one of the sole reasons we think this is the best one, right? It Yes, it's the thing you miss the and most when you switch off of Emperor's Chosen. The hardest thing to use. This is the skill check. It, it is very difficult because you have to use it in your command phase. Yes. You have to plan this out ahead of time. Yes. There's no teching into it during no. your opponent's turn or partway through your turn if you change your plan. You have to... Plan everything out in your command phase, use this on the right unit, and then get the effect you mm -hmm. want. And we, at the start, when we started playing with this, it did not feel like it was the best one, did it? It took you, it took you guys reps to go be like, okay, I'm starting to get this thing working at like 80%, and I, get to do, I, get, I just get like a whole another playbook. I thought Emperor's Chosen looked the best, but I thought it was pretty even with Shadow Keepers and Solar Watch. Yep. After a game or two, I thought about switching to Shadow Keepers and trying Shadow Keepers. I was pretty sure Emperor's Chosen was the best after playing with it. Um, and just the thought of giving up this stratagem made me break out in hives. Fair, fair, fair. All right, the Warlord trait. Uh, Auric Exemplar. Um, each time this Warlord fights after resolving all of its attacks, it can make a number of additional attacks equal to the number of enemy models destroyed as a result of its attack during 
that, that fight, up to a maximum of four additional attacks. This is way better than I thought it was going to be at first. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, I thought, oh, it's fine, whatever, I'll throw it on a shield captain. I, I, thought, I thought it would be a, a, a sprinkle of extras, because I honestly didn't write the shield captains as a killer unit. No, but with the uh, Arc Exemplar, with up to four extra attacks, he's actually a horde muncher. Mm -hmm. Because we'll get to the captain commander traits, well, but your attacks are very reliable, have a good AP. Exactly right. And there's plenty of them, so you're going to get four extra attacks. Yeah. And four extra attacks as a warlord trait is just strong. Exactly. That's how you think. If you think about it like that and you hunt the right things, that's exactly what it is. And that, there's no other warlord trait that just says you have four extra attacks. Right. Um, all right. Paragon Sphere. This remains awful. places to go. It is awful. It's uh, range 25, rapid fire 1, strength 5, minus 1, 2 damage. So one more strength on top of a regular <laughs> spear. It's exactly the same as a Guardian Spear, but it has plus 1 strength on its melee. And, and plus it's shooting, 1 rend. And it has plus 2 rend on its uh, plus two rend combat. combat. It's uh, straight up awful. I don't know why this isn't Rapid 2. It could be Rapid Fire 3. And it still wouldn't be good. If it was um, rapid fire three, you could put it into uh, Salvus and double shoot it, and like it could be cute, but it it's still not going to make the cut. You have to include an entire character for it. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's not going to make the cut because no, the character you're taking that that gets to take that on. You don't take. Yeah, you know yeah. what? I agree. I agree. Actually, <laughs> uh, so that whole package, I think, adds up to, uh, I think, an even okay. It's not the best shield host, um, you know, trait chapter tactic, but it's solid. It's got the best strat, and it's got. Possibly the best wall of trade, or equal best wall of trade. From it's my got mind. one of them, yeah. yeah. The trait is actually insane. Every time it's you use turn, that reroll, yeah. every single time you shoot or because fight, you, and it matters. You every always roll time. a one uh, to hit, and if you don't, yeah, you, yeah, cool. You got three shots from a, so you got nine shots from a unit of Sagittarium. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna roll two ones. Well, guess yeah. what? You're in there a one one. It makes <laughs> anything that doesn't have core. It makes them a lot better because yep. they get a reroll. Exactly right. Twos. That's a big deal. Yep. Uh, it. It's a huge deal. And the four up against Mortal Wounds, Mortal Wounds are in every matchup Everyone now. has this, the dump six Mortal Wounds in the built into the list now. And it, it feels like. Yeah, exactly. And four up means that those just bounce. Yeah. They, they absolutely bounce. They're bad against you. Whereas normally they would be really, really good against you, uh, the Mortals, because you exactly have high right. toughness, good armor yeah. saves. All right, I'll jump over. Um, I'll do Shadow Keepers, yep. and then uh, I'll get you to the next one. All right, whole package here. Um, Wardens of the Dark Cells, trait one. While an enemy unit is in engaged range of... a you know, with this trait, subtract one from the attack characteristic of each model in that enemy unit. This is big. Yep. Um, and trait two, each time model that you know, uh, with this trait makes an attack against a character unit, can re-roll the wound roll. Um, Grim Responsibility still remains with the same name, one CP. You do the stratagem in any phase when a shadow keeps a unit from your adding. Exclude, ex I mean, excluding vehicle units, that's to be changed there, is selected as a target of an attack. So at the end of the phase, each time an attack is made against that unit, subtract one from the strength of it. Um, big deal. Lock Warden is still their warlord trait. Each time an attack is made by this warlord, uh, sorry, is allocated to this warlord. No, every time an attack made, by the made warlord. this warlord is allocated to a character unit. I'm sorry. An invulnerable saving throw cannot be made. That's pretty saucy. It's pretty solid. Um, as a character hunter, that's fantastic. Very good. Um, and stasis of obliate. 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 At the start of the fight phase, select one enemy unit with the engagement range of the bearer. That unit is not eligible to fight till after all other eligible units of your army have done so. That, that is a. Uh, it's know, a fight last. Darker Eldar-esque engagement range yeah. fight last. It's great you put those two together on one character. They become very solid. a character blender. He's That's very right. solid. Grim yeah. Responsibility no longer works on vehicles, which is its most critical it use it's case. It's still good, though. But it's good on bikes. It's yep. good on infantry. I, I do not hate it. Um, it's great on bikes with toughness 6, so strength Huge. 4 goes down yeah. to strength yeah. 3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, strength, so, strength 7 to strength 6. Strength, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Minus 1 attacks is... I mean, there's no other chapter tactic that is this strong in mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. Minus one attacks when you're in combat with them is yep. huge. But keep in mind, 
Emperor's Chosen has access to this and yes. it's when you're in engagement range. Yes. So they have access to put a unit into it to uh, then debuff your opponent. Oh, uh, look, you've, you've placed your two really good units in place to support each other. I can't charge one without charging the other. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, shield, you know, uh, shadow, shadow keepers myself, charge in. You, cool. You can interrupt. You've all got one less attack. I don't care as much. Exactly. Yeah. Or you have a character, you shadow keepers up with a six inch heroic in the middle of your army. Yeah. And if they yeah. charge yeah. something, yeah. I'm yeah. in and your minus yeah. one attacks and yeah. you're not doing anything. Just a huge fatty deterrent. This is my, I, I, when we first saw this, I thought this was the best one. It has I the most power the on straight the line power. You're just like, geez, this is good. Yeah. Um, I think it's easily the second best. I, I spot on. Um, it's only, the only it's only not the first best because you get to have that too by being Empress Chosen yeah. with the foresight. Tell us about Dreadhost. Dreadhost is, is pretty cool. They have a variety of decent buffs. Their traits are each time model in this unit with this trait makes an attack that targets an enemy unit with a nine. AP is improved by one. That's shooting and combat. That's, nice. That's quite good. And then you can reroll charges, which coming from Black Templar's guy, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Golden Light of the Moy Raids is their stratagem. It's two CP. Uh, after you teleport a unit onto the board with from Golden Light ability, each time an attack is made against that unit, subtract one from the attack's hit roll until the start of your next turn, and then each time that unit declares a charge, enemy units who are targeted by the charge cannot fire Overwatch set to defend. Honestly, 2 CP for a proactive minus one to hit and turning off Overwatch is set to defend against a charge that has to be from nine, nine inches away. away. Not great. It's, Pretty much a miss. I wouldn't pay one CP to do that. I wouldn't pay one. And yeah, and it's two. two. It's I, a I, little odd. That, that almost busts the whole thing for me. But, right, what's the rest? But the Warlord trait is amazing. You pick an, a Dreadhost core unit within six inches. Every time you make an attack until starting your next command phase, unmodified hit roll six scores one additional hit. That is shooting and That's combat. Big. That is huge. It's very good. It changed from an aura of uh, exploding sixes to hit in combat to a selected exploding sixes to hit in shooting and combat. I will let you decide whether that's a buff or yes. a minus, but it is very solid. For my mind, that's the best wall trait. That is the, just the straight I up I really best wish trait. I got access I, to I, that. It's the best wall trait. Really it's do. so, so, so strong. And then they have a decent relic weapon. Uh, it's the same shooting as a normal castle and axe, but it's it's uh, additional point of AP and it's damage three. I don't really think you can ask for much more than that. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I think they've got a very good um, fighting style, and like I, like we've already said, All Seeing Annihilator is probably the best ruler trait in the book. Um, but their their strat is the worst; It's just straight up the worst. And their relic is never getting taken either. Um, so it's like half amazing, I mean, half awful. the relic's fine. It's fine. I just I don't uh, know who you would give it to. I don't know either because an Alaris Terminator who can actually take an axe is probably having a different, different relic, relic we'll which get we'll get to. Get to. <laughs> um, and then I believe a regular. Uh, Shield Captain. I, mm. I don't even know if they can take an axe. I, I definitely know you don't. You don't want to don't take, take them. them. Yeah. All right. Cool and Shield. Fighting Styles. Gilded Guardians. Trait one. Core units with this trait are eligible to perform heroic interventions as if they were characters. Love it. Trait trait two. Each time attack with an arm penetration characteristic of one is allocated to a model in this unit. It has treated as having an arm penetration characteristic of zero instead. Uh, shield of Honor. One CP. Use this stratagem in your opponent's shooting phase when an enemy unit is selected to shoot. Uh, with select one Imperium infantry character unit from your army till the end of the phase, while that unit is from that unit from your army within six of a friendly Aquilian Shield core unit. Enemy units cannot target that Imperium infantry core unit with ranged weapons. Imperium body character, but yes. bodyguard, bodyguard, one CP bodyguard. This one is CP the, six inch bodyguard. I know this used to. This is the super. This is the super faction. The super uh, guys. Warlord trait revered companion. Each time an attack is allocated to this warlord, halve the damage characteristics of that attack. Fantastic. And last is their relic, Presidious. Presidious. Uh, Aquilin shield model equipped with a Presidium shield only. Each time an attack is made against the bearer, subtract one from the attack's wound roll. You take that package together, and this is a phenomenal, phenomenal um, ally. Phenomenal. That's what, they, that's what they've always kind of been. Yes. 
Yes, which which is super fluffy. It's the amazing. Shield shows amazing. up to defend high value Imperium. Exactly right. People. Yep. Um, you can make an incredibly durable character. Uh, you can perform heroics with everything. Everything. Which we'll get to that combos with a stratagem in the yep. stratagem section, really really well. You ignore AP AP one, which yep. again is something you can tech into when it's exactly. chosen. Yep. Shield of Honor six inch bodyguard is very strong. It's very strong because you have a unit behind a wall six inches in front of it. There's a mm -hmm. character in mm -hmm. the middle of the open yeah. board who cannot yep. be shot. I mean, if you didn't get a miracle dice, imagine the the footprint you could cover with like Celestine or the Triumph or the Triumph or, or Grimaldus, <laughs> like. Three little dudes and Grimaldus six inches away. You got the uh, whole board. Grimaldus could probably go eighteen inches. That's what forward I mean. Eighteen inches forward without being at a shot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you get charged or dead, but you it's would, hilarious. Yes, would You'd be laughing all the way, yes. all the way. Celestine, She would just yeah, she wouldn't dead. care at all. But yeah, um, half the incoming damage and minus one to wound is is big. It's yes. quite big, yes. um, especially with, on a guy who ignores AP one and is going to have a standing um, one up armor save. Well, he ignores AP one, but yeah, he's a standing one up, so it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter either. Unfortunately, but. Minus one to wound, I will take that. I like how they gave you an incentive to take a shield, even yes. though they ignore AP1. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Um, all right, mate. Solar Watch. Solar Watch. Probably the third best. I thought, I, um, uh, this is one I like the most. Yes, personally. this is the coolest I like this one. This is, the coolest. this is what I was drawn to right off the bat. I thought this was going to be the way. The They're money. still very strong. Yeah. Um, add one to advance and charge rolls made for any models with this unit. If they auto-advance six, they advance seven. Dope. Perfect. Uh, and then they can declare charges in a turn which they fell back. Again, solid. Mm -hmm. Don't have any problems with that. That seems really good. Um, Eagle's Strike, we don't talk about that. If you kill the enemy warlord, one CP, <laughs> your opponent's army is minus one to combat attrition tests unless they just ignore it. I just couldn't, like half the armies I, I couldn't have written a worse stratagem. I don't know about you. It could. I, I think you can add more riders to it. I'm not sure. It would be hard. Uh, it's not that great. But no. the warlord trait is Solid. Oh my god. Select at the start of your charge phase, by the way, not even in your movement phase yeah. or your command yeah. phase or something. Which I didn't yeah. even I didn't even catch that. Start your command start your charge phase. Select one friendly solar watch infantry unit within six inches of the world. Until the end of that phase, the unit is eligible to charge in a turn in which it advanced. That is okay. really good with advancing and charging at plus one so, natively and falling back and charging. So you say it's it's better in the charge phase? Because I think it'd be better if it was a command phase buff. It depends. It's actually very different. Mm. Command phase lets you send units out on missions. Exactly right. Charge phase lets you bring, lets you fix your movement. That's later. true. Yes, that's you true. Yeah. You can see you, you can see what's happened in your shooting phase and then adjust accordingly. Exactly. That's true. Their relic is somehow even worse <laughs> than the uh, than the emperor's chosen one. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's better. I don't really, I'm not really into analyzing the uh, specificities of it. No, it's not. It's not better. This so, is, oh my god, there are just so many relic pistols. With an additional point of AP on its shooting and melee profiles, and it lets you shoot and charge after you fall back. But Solar Watch can already charge after yes. they fall back, so Correct. it just lets you shoot this stupid, useless gun yes. after you've fallen back. It's terrible. To, uh, uh, yeah, I don't if understand. If this was in any other shield host, I would at least slightly understand it. It would still be one of the worst relics in the game. Yeah. But if in a shield host that already falls back and charges... I don't understand. I, I just don't understand don't why you would do this. Yeah, I don't get it. This is just a hell of a relic pistol right here. Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a relic that gives you fallback and charge in a... Shield host that already, already has wide fallback and charge. It's so good. It's so good. It's just I, such a meme. I don't understand it. Swift at all. meme talent. Swift silver talent. Uh, all right, Embassy's Imperialis. Oh, sorry, back to Solo Watch for a second. 
Okay, the package there, ignore, so half of that package, yeah? Half of the package the, terrible, the, half of the package great. Exactly right, exactly right. If any other bit, if the strat was good or the relic was good, that would be second place for me because it right. gives you the thing you don't have, the speed, the right, flex, exactly. the speed. It gives you what you can't really do Advanced outside plus bikes. plus one, charge plus exactly one. Right. You're suddenly you're fast. Exactly, you're speedy. Um, but the thing is like, the strat doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. I'm never spending a CP on it, even if I do kill your warlord. Because morale just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And the relic isn't there either. It doesn't, it's, yeah. it's, it's bad. Now, uh, the, the main thing is, the, the thing that makes Emperor's Chosen and Shadowkeep better for me is that infantry don't pack that much of a punch. Yes. So the fact you can advance and charge with infantry is they're not the terrifying threat mm -hmm. that is necessary to carry the army. Advancing and charging with Vanguard veterans, advancing and charging... In, I'm yeah. thinking white scars here. Yeah. Advancing and charging with Talos. Yes. Those are advances and charges that matter. Exactly right. Advancing and charging with Shield Guard. Eh, wardens. Wardens, fine. yeah. Wardens are fine. They're yeah. fine. Uh, Is that yeah. worth building an army around? I wish this didn't say infantry. Maybe. I wish it said let you do it with bikes as well, but that might be okay. For sure. It might have been For okay. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But the biggest thing is Emperor's Chosen gets access to one CP, you become Solar Watch. Yes. Which means you can fall back and charge. Exactly right. It's the only two ways to fall back and charge in the book is either be Solar Watch or be Emperor's Chosen and spend a CP. And I'd much rather just be Emperor's Chosen and spend a CP. Exactly right. The only thing I'd like to draw back to on Shadow Keepers <coughs> is that, uh, and, and this is foreboding, this is you know, foreshadowing, Stasis Obliet is the only source of fights last in the book. Only source of fights Which last. does make it very important. If you're playing in a meta that lives and dies on fights last, you might just have to take Shadow Keepers and you won't be sad. You won't be sad about it. No, it's um, very good. Very good. Emissaries Imperiatus. Uh, their chapter tactic reads thus at the start of the fight phase if a unit with this trait is within engagement range of any enemy units it can fight first that phase and trait number two each time a model in this unit uh, with this trait makes an attack you can ignore any or all modifiers to the hit and the wound roll um, into darkness is their strat 2cp slash 3cp so it must be good right must um, be use the stratagem at the start of the first battle round before the first turn begins select one emissaries imperialis core unit from your army that unit can make a normal move as if it was your moving phase. It must end that move more than nine inches away from any enemy models. If both players have units in their army that can move before the first turn, uh, the player who is taking the first turn moves their units first. If that unit contains four or more models, this strategy costs three CP, otherwise it costs two. Warlord trait, voice of the emperor. Add three to the range of the warlord's or abilities to a maximum of 12. Um, and the, this warlord has the following ability. Voice of the Emperor Aura. While friendly Adoptus Codes, Stodes, or Anathema Sarkanigan is within nine of this model, add one to the leadership. Oh, yay! So the Custodes go to leadership 12? 12? Oh, my God. I really what do I mean? That helps so much on my three model units. Wow, that means if I have six models and I lose five, five. I, I still pass. Wait, I still pass. You still pass. Wait, you still would have passed yeah, 11. Yeah. I don't understand. Don't care. This route, this I do world. not care at all. Um, Relic, I love of the Torchbearer. Um, the bearer has the following ability. Well, aura. Um, whilst a friendly Emerson's Imperialized unit is uh, within three of this model, it can ignore any roll modifiers to its move characteristic, advanced charge rolls, or sorry, advanced rolls or charge rolls. And then uh, next dot point, at the start of the fight phase, roll a D6 to each enemy unit within three of this model. On a three plus, they suffer one mortal wound, or the D3 wounds if that unit has a leader's characteristic of so seven or it less. It is very nice of them to take all of the bad traits, warlord traits and relics, <laughs> and put them all in the same shield host but together. slap one of the best strats. It's fine. It's, it's not good. that. It's good. I, I dream of a day where I take multiple six-man bike units and just... 
That's so many points. Here's Conga the thing. Here's the crazy thing, Conga, right? bang, take six. Even if, they didn't finish her, have another six. Oh, they didn't finish her, bang, another six. You know, here's the crazy part, though. Even if I go first, I wouldn't be using Into the Darkness that much at all. There's almost no targets you can hit in the center of your opponent's army that are worth throwing away three to six bikes. It's true. And your opponent will clap them off the table in response. Any, any army, any competitive army in this, uh, this day and age will kill three bikes if, yeah. with a whole army. It's bikes, no, yeah. as I've found, are excellent at like, picking away your opponent's flanks and then crushing a flank once they find a weakness. Mm-hmm. But just going in and trying to trade right away, yeah, that is six, not six, six bikes won't, won't table an army. No. What I do love the idea of is six bikes going in, getting every defensive buff placed upon them, and you just spike. And, yeah, and the game roll. and the game ends, and you're just like, I am the master. I Does am it even the end? Because you can't fall back and charge, and there's some things that they're just not that good. But at you're just the maddest dude ever. You just if like they to charge just, a dreadnought into you. Look, you're not going anywhere. You just you sometimes you just got to play Imperium uh, emissaries Imperiatus, rock up to the table, turn your hat backwards, and be a baller. Turn your hat backwards. It was already backwards. No matter how many times you turn around, it's still backwards. And you go forward. I wish I had access to that strategy. Me too. I would remind my opponent about it every game. Every game. And you'd psych him out. I would never do it. You'd psych him out. I would never do it ever. But their deployments would look really funny. Exactly right. Because they'd be like, oh, sweet, merciful. Because the first thing you'd deploy, you'd be like, I have this stratagem. My bike's from the line. And then something else, another wallet effects takes effect. And yeah. For reference, I play a lot with... Blood Angels, and specifically yep. Death Company. Yes. Death Company are a lot cheaper and hit a lot harder when they go in. Funnily enough, they do. And as I've been playing more and more Blood Angels, I send the Death Company in turn one almost Less. never. Yeah. They never just want to go well, in and trade. They, they want to be used as a board control piece. piece. And they'll make their connections later yeah. in the game when they need to. Yeah. But just throwing away a piece to try and kill your opponent's piece is not as good as just trying to control territory mm. with them and then eventually killing something. Agreed. Agreed. There's only a couple of like rare scenarios. Like somebody does misplays, like they're playing exactly. Thick City and they misdeploy Homunculus and you go and gra- kill him and like half kill you to Talos, maybe you do it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. there are targets that are worth going in. But as I said, they hit harder than bikes do and this costs more yeah. CP and the bikes cost a lot more... Points. I, I just don't see myself ever using it. Really. Just, just, you just that's because you don't wear enough hats. You know, that's right. Enough. I need to wear a hat that's both forward yeah. and backwards. And backwards. At the same double build hat, like so. A duck. I think <laughs> our, our analysis is Emperor's Chosen is phenomenal. Shadow, Shadow Keepers. Keepers. If you are, if you want to be a bully, I think Shadow Keepers is best. You just, I'm just going to mass up my golden boys, and we're coming to get you. We're going to meet in the middle, and I'm going to win because I've got a crazy amount of awesome stuff to pull. So, there. yeah, so Shadow Keepers, every single part of it's great. Yeah. Relic, World Trait, Trait, the Strat, all really, really good. It's the, one, it's the only one that's the whole package. You, could, you don't regret any of the choices, but that's none right. of them you are. You take all of it. Ex- well, you're happy with all of it. That's the thing. Um, Empress Chosen, it has a bit of everything. It buffs you, it buffs you holistically rather than just, yeah, it, yeah. I, I, like, I like it better because it's got the flex. It's got the big brain flex plays. But if you just want to take, if you just want to make everything in your army better, Shadow Keepers is it. Um, Shadow Keepers is like the Twisted Helix, so to speak. I, I guess. The the free reroll and the four-up Feel No Pain are gigantic. They come They're up with so huge. much more than you think. All right, moving on to the stratagems. First one here, Arcane Genetic Alchemy. Um, this is transhuman. It's transhuman. Yep. If one, three or fewer models, it's one CP, otherwise it costs two. Remember how I said at the start that Custodians used to live and die on having these, these stratagems that cost two CP, and when you ran yeah. out of CP, you were dead. You were dead. Well, not only... Are 
uh, battalions easier to make because you have prosecutors, you can yep. do a troop slot, so you have access to a whole bunch more CP. But your strats all got cheaper defensively. Exactly we'll go right. through them in a bit. But this is a huge one. One huge. CP to activate it on three or fewer mm -hmm. models. Three or fewer includes vehicles, includes characters, includes bike squads, yep. whatever. So this is huge. You activate this all the time. All the time. Constantly. Four or five times a game. Minimum. It's amazing. Yes. Right. Sweeping advancing. I didn't read the other one. I read this one. One CP. You just drag him in the fight phase. When it is custodies bike unit from your army consolidates. Till the end of the phase, each time it does so, you can move an additional three. This We have found this comes up a lot. It, and, it does. And the threat of it is enough to make people spread a little bit more than they want to. Things like Hive Guard. Your ability to touch Hive Guard with bikes now just went up, just doubled. Yep. It, it's good. It's you really take good. a bike captain, run in, kill something, swing around on your pylon, kill it, six inch consolidate right into the Hive Guard. Done. Exactly right. Bang. Touch. It's, it's a beautiful they can't thing. Shoot. We're good here. Beautiful thing. All right. Presidium Shield Wall, Custodian Guard in melee. You can one CP minus one to hit them in combat. I like it. Makes it's a very good combined with a uh, say, no re rolls yes. later on. We'll get to that. Any minuses to hit. Or minus to wound are phenomenal when they can no longer re-roll. Exactly. This right. is pretty good. Not a reason to go into shield guard. Bonus if you have them. If you're taking them, it, it, yes. you're happy to have it. Yep. Deathmark one CP at the start of the first battle round before the first turn begins. Select one enemy unit until the end of the battle. Each time a model, sorry, a model in a vigilator unit from your army makes an attack against an enemy unit, you can re-roll the hit roll. The vigilators are they the That's swords? The sword That's the great sword. Um, Sisters of Silence. For yes. those following at home. It's We're, all right. One CP rolls to hit. I'm not sure you. I'm not sure you're taking them. I, I, I like the flamers better, or just the bolters in the troops. I really like the flamers, yeah. bolters, and the troops. The sword ones, I've never seen a reason to take. Uh, uh, you're custodians. You're good enough for combat. You don't need this, no. don't need the, the help. But Ideally, if you maybe got him, you're out of the fast attack slots for the Witch Seekers. You take some vigilance. Yeah, I don't that's know. fair. Avenge the Fallen. One CP, you pick in the Deputy Custodians unit when it's selected to fight. If it's below starting strength, you add one of the attacks. If it's below half strength, add two of the attacks at every model in the unit. This, is, um, this used to be add one when uh, for everyone that's dead, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I, I think so. But I like this, this better. Isn't, it like used this to be you have to do it in the same turn as you lost yeah. the models. Yeah. This is if you have one guy rocketing around the board. out of He, he lost know. his other two mates turn one. It's turn right. five. One yeah. CP anytime you want, plus two to the attack. Yes. Get them. It makes a big difference, especially when you're hitting on twos. Winning winning on twos, possibly winning on twos. Winning yeah. on twos, re-rolling, winning on twos, re-rolling. All right, Slayer of Nightmares, one slash two CP. You just drag him in the fight phase when an Adeptus Custodius unit from your army is selected to fight. To the end of the phase, each time a model in that unit makes an attack against a unit with a higher toughness characteristic than its own, add one to the attack's wound roll. If the Depths Custody units contain three or fewer models, it's one, otherwise it is two. This is actually a big deal. It is. It's big. For sure. One CP is good, two CP not so much, but any big thing, yep. you can use this to, to hit it. Let's say you have a unit of wardens with axes, strength eight, rend axe, strength nine. You're against the knight, you activate Slayers of Nightmares, you're wounding that knight on twos. Twos. It's solid. It's, it's just nice. good. It's nice. Yeah. Um, and I, I, in the current meta, you're going to see this all the damn time. Yes. Gonna, yes. Uh, my only issue is, in the current meta, all the monsters and vehicles are minus one damage, so it and just it's, sucks. It's any Adeptus Custodes unit, which I own. Yeah. So Trajan can yes. activate this. Yes, yes, yes. And just get plus one to wound, bonk, bonk, bonk. Yep. He's strength 10, so you're wounding almost everything on twos. On twos. Point. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Talons of the Emperor, one CP after shooting or fighting an Adeptus Custodes unit. Uh, you select a friendly Anathema Psychana unit, and you add one of their hit rolls. Till the end of the phase. So it's within six inches. Yeah. Within six inches, yeah. yes. It's fine. It's okay. One CP. Generally, the buffs on the Anathema Psychana units, not quite worth it. They're like 60, 70 point units, and you're using your CP to buff your 200 point, 300 point custodies units. Yeah. But it's fine. If you the need to get something dead. The only reason fine. I see this coming up is if you've got like a juggernaut unit, like a Dimacaron on one wound left, bearing down on you. 
and you're like, only thing I have left to shoot is these five bolter ladies. Like, well, guess what? It's your payday. One so, CP, gonna hit on twos. Vigilators aren't actually bad. Uh, they're the sword ladies. They yeah. have two attacks apiece. They're basically a blade guard in terms of damage. This can make them hit on twos. If they're near their character, they reroll wound rolls yep. with one. Yep. They're decent decent damage for a 70-point unit. Uh, for 70 <clears> points, <throat> they're fine. They're just fine. It's just I don't see the, the, what, what they do in Custodes. It's Custodes, like, everything in their army is as good in combat as the whole squad. Yes. Yeah, like one yes. warden is better in combat than the whole squad. Pretty um, close. Yeah, or yes. close enough. Yeah. Close enough, um, yeah. And so that, that's, that's just where I get awkward with it. Um, all right, Purgation Sweep. I do like I do like this one. One CP. You, this is why I like the Flamer Sisters. The, what are they called? Witch Seekers. Use um, a strategy in shooting phase when a Witch Seekers unit from your army is selected to shoot, or in your opponent's charge phase when a Witch Seekers unit from your army is selected to Overwatch. At the end of the phase, add one to the strength characteristic of Witch Seeker Flamers that model are equipped with. I like this it very much. Is decent. It's a net two CP to fire Overwatch with strength five. It's I, fine. That's what I don't like. That, that Witch, I don't like. Yeah, Witch Seeker Flamers are strength four, AP one, 12 inch range. They all have flamers, 14 points a model. I mm -hmm. like them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, if there's a uh, there's a warlord trait to extend the range yes, to 15 correct. and make them ignore cover. And they roll once to wound from and the they character. And they roll once to wound from the character and they auto hit. Yep. They're actually really good at uh, clearing hordes and just doing general damage. And they, they scat move? They do. They scat they, move so six. Th think the Dominions, guys. They, they're very similar to Dominions with Storm Bolters. They don't get all the mortal wounds from the Storm Bolter. Um, from a Blessed Bolts or whatever, but you get to scout move, unit of five, unit of ten, could have five five um, just Bolter sisters and five Flamer sisters, scoot them out, get to the midboard quick, and just be annoying when you get there. I, and I quite like them. Yep. All right, Vigil Unending. Um, you can activate that. Uh, two CP, use the stratagem in the fight phase when Adeptus Custodes character model from your army has not already been selected. The fight has been destroyed. You can fight, fight on, on death. death. It's exactly fight on that. death. It's pretty solid. When you need it, you have it. You don't use it most of the time. In fact, I think I've only used it once. Yeah. But when you have it, you, when you need it, you have yeah, it. Yeah, you're happy you have it. Um, one CP, Wisdom of the Moratoi. This is essentially um, Dreadnought. Like space it's Wisdom of the Ancients. Wisdom of the Ancients. You can flex, um, become a, a Captain's Aura or a Lieutenant Aura for one CP. I, it's I like pretty it useful. It's very useful. Your Treasure Aura once, yeah. real ones. Trajan. You have a Shield Captain yeah. for a once to hit. And then you have a Dreadnought on that flank yeah. for real ones. Because Trajan can't be everywhere, so you're happy to have it. Retribution of the Machine Spirit, a uh, 1 CP, a Machine Spirit unit, uh, full profile. Yeah, max profile. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, that's the, for reference, that's the Land Raider. <laughs> exactly right. That's literally the only Land Raider. Yes. So, yeah. I mean... If you use this, you're a champion. That yes. means because it means you're playing with a Land Raider. Yeah, it means and you're good playing for with a Land Raider, which went down 20 points. I know. It's, it's, it's I almost... Fine. It's almost, one of the best Land Raiders. Uh, it's still, yeah, it's the second best Land Raider in the game. The Iron Warriors one's, Iron Hands one's the only one's better. Yeah. Um, 1 CP, Indomitable Engines. Use the strategy in any phase when a custodius vehicle or anima anathema psychana vehicle model from your army would lose a wound as well as a mortal wound. It's blessed hull. You don't lose on a five plus against models. That's right. Um, well, Emperor's Chosen already or doing the four plus. four plus. But anyone else who takes a lot of mortal wounds, activate. you do it. Yeah. Earning of a name when a adeptus custodius character kills an enemy character one CP. You can either get a stance of a kata or a one trait, so one half of the shieldos fighting style. And that character has it active all the time in addition to any other rules that they have. That's very strong. It's fairly situational because they don't tend to kill characters that often. Mm -hmm. But you can really stack the rules together. Yeah. So like, yeah. maybe they're always an aura of shadow keepers, minus one attack. Or maybe they always uh, you know, have Dakatari active as their kata. And then they also have a regular kata as well and a regular shield host trait. It's very solid. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. You would flex into it. I haven't used it that much, but when it happens, when you do actually kill an enemy character, 
Sure, one CP activated. Well, I think about this verse like I think about the, the GSC versus Custodes. Custodes. Because yeah, the GSC have so in. many little elite elite crappy characters. Oh, cool, I'm going to go snap your Kellum yep. off. Great, awesome, I get yep. a full buff. Yep, and whenever, you know, like a shield captain on jet bike runs in, kills a guy, suddenly he becomes an orb minus one attack. Mm -hmm. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next up we have the generic open with the Gavolts and the Emperor's Heroes. Anything unique about these extra relic or extra ruler trait strats? Not that one. There actually is on the uh, Victor of the Blood Games stratagem, one yep. CP. The difference here is the give a warlord trait Give a second warlord trait to a unit that already has one. Now the thing is, in Space Marines, the you can give a second warlord trait to your warlord. Warlord, yeah. Specifically, here it just says that you can give a second warlord trait to anything that has a okay. warlord trait. Yes. After which has been generated, one CP, you give them a second one. This is big because a lot of people will be taking Trajan as their warlord. Yep. Trajan and, has to be. And your so you can have another. You can have Trajan has two warlord traits innately, and you can have another person with two warlord traits. Exactly. It's a big deal. Uh, Space Marines can't do that. If you take a name character recipe or warlord, yep. you cannot double up warlord. You can't traits. double up. Custodes can. All right, Eternal Penitent. This is nice. One CP. You just strategize before the battle when you are mustering your army. Select one Adeptus Custodes Dreadnought. Unit from your army, add one to attack, and add one to attacks, and you can reroll charge all the way for the unit. If you could already reroll charges, uh, they get plus one to the charge as well. You so, can only use this strat once. Yep, the plus one, if you could already reroll, is new, but this is the, otherwise the same as Eternal Penitent before. Yeah. You can only use the stratagem once. Personally, don't love it too much. If you're taking a Telamon, I think it's probably if you're taking that a Telamon, you do it right. I, I think if so. You're if you're I think you're I think if you're taking one Dread, you do it. Like one Achilles, I could. I yeah, could one see. Achilles, one Telamon. As soon as you're taking multiples, your opponent's just going to be like, "Are they the well, same?" You're like, yeah, "Well, this one's this plus one better. attack." And Dunk. Like, that one's plus one attack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so eradicate. Yeah, um, but it's solid if you have like one Telamon, something like that. For, exactly right. Fraternity of Heroes is a phenomenal codex mm -hmm. making stratagem. Any unit in your army can heroically intervene, and if they could already heroically intervene, they heroically intervene six. six. That is gigantic. Uh, so mm -hmm. any characters heroically intervene six for one CP. Any units heroically intervene three. And, and there's a whole are, shield host. Uh, that's right. If you're a Quill and Shield, yep. then you can uh, one CP on anything, anything heroic, six, which is six. very solid. Huge. Very solid. It just means your objective control is very tight. It's obscene. I've seen, I've looked at a table across from you when you're playing, we've been playing a game. I think it was Templars into you. And I was like, so you got the, you got the objectives first there. Yeah, he, he was there first. I like to be first. No, Jared, you're not. And now I can't take any of them back from you without getting into combat with you. And if I charge you, I lose. Yes. And I'm like, um. <laughs> <laughs> it just gives your opponent a, a series spot. of bad it's choices. bad spot to be, guys. Yes. Um, all right, now, next up is Marshal Discretion, 1 slash 2 CP. You just strategy in your command phase after selecting a guitar stance. To be active for your army, select one Adeptus Custodes unit from your army, then select one Kastar stance that is not active for your army. So starting next command phase, that unit benefits from that stance instead of the active one. If it's four or more, two CP, otherwise it's one. This is one of the best ones as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's four or fewer, it's one, and yep. five or more, it's two. Oh, of course, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them are four or more, some of them are, are uh, five or more, yeah. count as two. I, I don't know why. Well, I don't know why the distinction. But this is like three turns a game. You're just going to flex into this. Absolutely. Maybe mm. even more. This is a hilarious level of flexibility. Yeah. Any unit in your army, one CP, technically, rules is written. This applies to any unit, even one that doesn't have martial cutters. Correct. We expect an FAQ. Correct. Clarifying that one way or the other. Um, 
but you just select any one of those 12 abilities and apply mm -hmm. it to any one of your units. It's massive flexibility. Like it's, just just being able to go, oh, you can't fall back. You've got you to roll off. You've you got to roll back. off. You can only pile you can in just one win a, You can just win a game. This unit like, gets four extra, extra range. This yeah. unit, you know, plus one attack. And you just pick one and you just do it. And there's nothing that says you can't just do it over and over and over exactly and over right. and over exactly and over right. again. Mm -hmm. Indomitable Guardians, uh, one CP, use the strat in the fight phase. After an enemy unit has fought, select one adeptus custodian unit from your army that's in range of an objective marker and is eligible to fight the unit fights. There, this is one of their bread and butter from the yep. initial codex. One CP interrupt is a big deal. now Because they have two interrupts. Exactly. So either your interrupt is just one CP cheaper, which is dope. That's Amazing. really good. Amazing. Yep. It makes the barrier of entry to when you want to use it much lower. Mm -hmm. Or... You get to one CP interrupt, then they take a unit, then you two CP interrupt. Exactly right. So you just fight back to back to back to back. Exactly right. You fight as if no one's charged. You're just exactly. Kid for tat. Um, Unleash the Lions is up next. One slash two CP. This is one of my favorite ones from the previous one. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, so, it's so much fun as well. You do strategy in your command phase. Select one Alaris Custodes unit from your army that contains two or more models. Until the end of the battle, each model in that unit becomes its own unit. In Crusade Battles, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, if, it's, uh, if that Alaris custodian contains three or more models, three or fewer models rather, it costs uh, one CP, otherwise it costs two. So that's four or more is two CP. So it's literally, and you can only have up to six now in your units. It used to be up to, I think, nine or ten for Alaris back then. It may have been six. I don't know. Oh, you no, never really saw it. We, you, you in Australia, saw it. we saw it. Really? We had some meme lords and they did some tr atrocious things with I multiple am... units, multiple max units of Alaris. Okay. Um, yeah, we never saw that here really. Uh, it's. Fine. Unleash the lines is fine. You can now take Alaris Terminators in units of one, one anyway. from the start. Yeah. So that does make this a lot less enticing. Mm -hmm. But it is fun as hell. It is like fun. You just as have hell. a, a uh, unit of Alaris Terminators just scattered. You to the see wind. this unit of Space Marine Captains in Terminator armor? Be a shame if it was five Space Marine Captains in Terminator armor and they're all obsec and counters two models and they all into the heroic intervention when I want to. And oh, it's good. It's really good. It's, I, it's, I love that in Aquilin Shield. Because you just create, playing with guardsmen, you just create this swarm and trickle them throughout your whole front line and nobody gets unmessed with. I like it. All right. Shoulder the mantle. When your warlord is destroyed, one CP, you pick an Adeptus Custodes character model from your army. If that model does not have a warlord trait, it gains the warlord trait of the destroyed warlord. And then it counts as your warlord for any world's purposes. So if anything's triggered when your, when your warlord is destroyed, mm -hmm. well, they got to do it again. Yeah. And they can, you can then shoulder the mantle. Now, in practical sense that you don't use this this much nah. because you need to have a a character that, that does not have a warlord trait. And if you're taking a character without a warlord trait, why? What are you doing? Why? why all your characters you should doing? have warlord traits because they're all yes. amazing. Um, and in addition to that, the only other real application or reason to do it would be to, what, deny a point on assassinate if they're killed I a warlord? I guess. I don't really I don't see I, another reason yeah, to I take it. Don't really. If one CP for one point doesn't feel that great. If it's going to change the game, you'll do it, but that's not going to happen often, if ever. Yeah, and you're not taking characters that are warlord traits. So Agreed. Traits are great. Maneuver and fly one CP. Use a stratagem in your movement phase when an Adeptus Custodius unit from your army that can fly falls back. To the end of the turn, the unit pool is eligible to shoot even though it fell back. This is good, and, you, good. and you use it. You use but you it. also have a Qatar for this as well. Uh, no, you don't. Oh, sorry, Empress, Empress Chosen have a... You can put them into uh, fallback and charge. You can put them yeah, into fallback and charge. So this is fallback and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do two CP and do both, mm -hmm. which is pretty good on a unit bikes. Unit bikes falls back, fires three salvo launchers. I really like that. It's One CP good. to fire three salvo yeah. launchers is mint. Uh, but in addition, Caladiuses can fall back and shoot Agreed. as normal, which is another big yes. one. Palace can when you need it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's solid. You, they can't shut your. It's going to be good for Venatari as well. 
Uh, yep. Yeah. Venatari, it's great. And it also means your Calais can just go rocketing around the board, tagging people. Tagging people, combat, being a bully. Just yeah, being yeah, yeah. a jerk with his gigantic <laughs> base. Yeah. And then, oh, my turn. I'm going to fall back and shoot. Yep. And uh, nothing happened. I was never here. Yep. Uh, Desperation's price. Uh, and one CP enemy unit takes perils with an 18 of an anathema psychana unit. They take an additional D3. It's it's fine. And when, it's when, fine. It, when it happens, you're gonna be you're gonna be like rubbing your hands together. Yes. <laughs> when it this. happens, 18 inches, really small. Yeah. But if they do perils and you do roll the extra D3 and they die, their spell A doesn't go off, which is yes. huge. Yep. And B, then they explode, explode in the middle of, middle of your front of army. It's, it's so beautiful. when you have the opportunity to use it, you use it. Exactly right. Emperor's Auspice is up next, and this is legit. Yes. Use this stratagem in any phase. Any phase. When Adeptus Custodius unit from your army is chosen as the target of an attack. To the end of the phase, each time an attack is made against a unit, your opponent cannot re-roll a hit roll, re-roll a wound roll, or re-roll a damage roll for that attack. If, Adept if that Adeptus Custodius unit contains four or more, so four or fewer unit models, it is one CB, otherwise it is two for anything, five or more. Yep. This is bread and freaking butter. This used to be two. It used it to be is two. It's now one, and it, it is used to be <laughs> So the fact that that and Transhuman are now one apiece for, well, yep. if you're taking big squads, you know, yep. I, I question your choices, but you can take one or two big squads, it, I don't think it's wrong. It used to be four to do to both To do both, and now it's two. Now it's two, and that yeah. is so much And you needed. start with so many more CP. So many more. Our yeah. list for LVO? As 11. 11. 11 and 5 up CP And that's just part of the reason we think the list is good, because you just yes. like, well, everything is durable You're just all a guy the time. at a party, just yeah. making it yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, Trajan's there to get some back on 5 Obviously. pluses. Yeah, something. oh, yeah, yeah, clearly. And the damage, no rerun on the damage won't matter. Sometimes Hive Guard have absolutely. That. Or D3 plus 3s into D3 bikes. Threes, but the biggest thing is whenever, you know, they roll a 2 on their D6 damage, yep. and they go to use CP to reroll like, ah, you're like, no, ah, you can't nobody. do that. You can't reroll it. Cop it. Absolutely not. Um, from Golden Light they come, 1 CP, you put a, an Infantry, Biker, or Dreadnought ability into Deep Strike. 1 CP. 1 CP. It's, it's nice. Fine. It's, better it's, than playing, it's better than playing the, uh, the, the game with the power level and trying to add that crap up. You know, pre-game, you're like, oh, do I have to put this one? And you get your calculator out, you look at your star sign, you consult the weather charts, and then you realize, yeah, nah, I'm just putting 1 CP. Um, Empiric Severance, 1 CP. Use a stratagem in your opponent's psychic phase after a psychic test is passed for an enemy psychic unit. And after any deny the witch attempt is made, if any. If that enemy psychic unit within 18 of any Athemus Sycana infantry units from your army, roll D6 on full plus the power is denied. Basically, don't get within 18 inches of an Athemus Sycana unit and it's try and cast it's, powers. It's a bad, bad time. It's just not a good time. It's, yeah. Your powers will not go off. They're mm -hmm. minus one if you're near it within 18 inches. Yeah. And then if you perils, you take D3 extra mortals for 1 CP, or, or you they get can denied. four up stop it. Exactly right. Uh, it's a bad time. Creeping Dread is actually one of my favorites in the book. Yep. It is 1 CP start of any phase until the end of the phase, Anathema Sycana Infantry Unit gains the following ability. When an enemy unit is within 6 inches of this unit, each time model in that enemy unit makes an attack, subtract 1 from that attack's hit roll. Why is that big, though? Because so, there's, there's a crazy reason that's big. We just talked about it. So you can stretch out... First off, you can stretch out uh, a unit and affect a wide swath of the board in yeah. melee when your opponent yep. charges Like your right behind your front line. But the biggest thing is, minuses to hit generally get countered by rerolls to hit. But... You can just turn them off, and exactly suddenly right. they're actually hurting exactly. your opponent. We had a we had a game where uh, you had a shield captain on bike, and I shot a fully buffed full unit of eradicators. That's six eradicators with two multi melters. They had real ones to hit, four rolls to hit, and um, it was iron hands. And they had expo double exploding sixes. So it was four rolls to hit, and, I, and so you were yeah, and and sixes to wound were an extra wound. Yeah, exactly. I did no wounds. <laughs> Yep, because he didn't get to reroll. Hitting on fours. fours 
with no re-rolls at all, no re-rolls wounding at all. on fours because you're, you're transhuman, yep, transhuman, and you have a four plus invulnerable save and yep. a five plus feel no pain. And I can re-roll one of those and, and nine wounds on the bike. I will tell you guys, my soul left my body for a little bit and was like, Adam, You've made mistakes. Don't worry. Life. The bike captain came over to show them the error of their <laughs> And ways. you just tapped me. You tapped me and killed one, and I arrested. Tapped me, killed one, and I arrested. I was just yep, like, this is, never got to this, shoot is, this is not good. <laughs> All right. Rapid reactions, 1CP. Use a stratagem in your opponent's movement phase when an enemy unit that is with that is within engagement range of an Adeptus Custodes infantry unit from your army, uh, when it was selected to move, finishes a fallback move. That this is Custodes infantry unit can shoot as if it was your shooting phase, but it can only target that enemy unit. So you try and run away, and they pull out and they pop you in the they, back they as you run. You. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not going to get used a lot, but occasionally you just pull it out and you're like, "Oh, you tried to fall back for my Sagittarium. You are dead. You're not dead. taking the objective." Well, the one, the one I really out. think of is Venatari. You run out and you just touch as many units of Venatari as you can because they're when quick. They fall back, you shoot them. Just blowing a bit. Essentially, it's essentially it's a it's a shoot twice. Yeah, they leave anything in combo with you. You don't get to shoot. But you just get to be in combat with them during cool. their turn. Yeah, yeah, oh, I cool. Think I'll take you it. didn't fall back. That's this is fine. Sick. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. Blam, blam, blam. <laughs> Covered advance. Uh, it's smokescreen. Minus exactly one to hit roll on a smokescreen yep. unit. Uh, that would be the uh, land raider or the anathema Sicano rhino. Exactly. When right. they're being shot at, my one CP minus one to be hit. Beautiful. Straight into Tanglefoot grenade. Oh, yes. Speaking of, it's a, still here. Yeah, it's you still just, here. You just imagine the troll face meme under their conical helm, just being like. <laughs> It's not, Tanglefoot. It's not quite as good as it used to be. Because you, you can't use it on fly units, and you have to have line of sight, yeah? Right, exactly. Um, but apart no, from it, that, it's it, exactly it was, the same. It never worked on fly. Yeah, but yeah, you fair. have to yeah, have yeah. line of sight yeah. from a Depths of Studies infantry unit. But it did get it did get a stealth buff, yep. because it is now in an army that has scads of CP instead exactly of being right. exactly right. really so restricted. needing all the CP for defensive yeah. buffs, you, you can, can just... just you this. just use this. You're yeah. just like, oh, you're three inches away. And yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you, did you, that. you did that. Oh, my I God. Did, I did that to John. He had a, four, he, he had a four, three he, or four-inch charge, and you sixed him, and he had to roll an eight to make it. He failed, and then I rolled him <laughs> with the captain, and, you and the in? game went downhill from there. <laughs> oh, it was tragedy. Right. Yep. Tanglefoot reads as thus. Use a strategy to study opponent's movement phase or charge phase. It used to say you, you did, didn't. When it, you could use it both. You could use it twice in the same turn if yes. you wanted to. Now it's one or the other. Select one enemy unit, excluding units that can fly within 12 of invisible to custodian infantry unit from your army. And roll a d6. If your opponent's moving phase, subtract an equivalent number of inches from the enemy unit's move characteristic. Or if it's a charge, vice versa, you do the same. You roll a dice and you subtract that from their move or their charge. Yep. You can use this to deny people from falling back yep. from you. If you've been clever and you move up the sides or something and they have to fall back past you, you can you know, roll a three and they can't yep. get outside. Trap them in combat, exactly force right. them to spend two CP yeah. in order to desperate break out. And then shoot them when they try and do it. And then shoot them when they try and fall back. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty good. It's 99 times out of 100 going to be on their charge. Yes. When they try yeah. and come rumbling in, they're trying to make a six-inch charge, you roll five, suddenly they're not making the charge the and they get biggest, absolutely The hammered. biggest failure point in the game is the charge phase. Yep. And forcing that pressure on your opponent to be like, you th- you you think you're ga- you're gonna get this you know five inch charge off and win the game? Well, you can't bet on it anymore. Now it's a nine, and that sucks. Exactly right. I mean, the big so rolling two dice is a bell curve. Got, yeah, right. And so the highest probability to roll is around the seven mark. Yes. So anything you can do to take a six up to an eight, anything you can do to take it past S- that seven, exactly right, has really good returns. Huge implications. Yeah. So you yeah. take a five, you roll a four, take it up to a nine. Suddenly, you've chopped like seventy percent off, off of that their charge. Yes, to, exactly right. To work, it went from like an eighty to like a just. Well, if they wanted to clear a seven. All you need to do is roll a two to ruin to like smash that percentage wise. Yep. You roll a three plus, that thing is cooked, absolutely cooked. And you have to, you do it at the start of the charge phase, yeah. so you get to see where all the units are, and you just look at the board and be like, 
That charge is a little too greedy. I don't like that. That yes. guy's not coming. Or, or when people, you know people have to make multi-assaults with like a character and a squad to support or a bodyguard unit or they're going to be pulled out of position. You wait for them to charge one and then you stop the second one. But the best part is you don't have to do this. Your opponent has, has to, to move factor, in a way where yeah. they have to try to avoid any risky charges. It's the stress of it is what does the damage more than it. Because it's a D6 roll. Yeah. It's also, a you roll anytime you're feeling froggy, you just throw it out at your opponent. Yeah. Oh, look, I rolled a six, and all of your plans come crumbling down. Yeah. It, is, it is the troll. It is such the troll. All right, last one. All right. Uh, so there's Teleport Homer. One CP, you Apologies. pull an Adeptus Custodius Teleport Homer unit from the battlefield, and then you same movement phase. You put it down within three inches of Friendly Vexless Praetor or a Leia model, because she got a little Teleport Homer in the books. Yep. Um and then more than nine inches away from any enemy models. It's pretty cool. You just pick them up and put them somewhere else mm -hmm. on the board. I can't imagine that's bad. I haven't had an opportunity to use it yet. Yeah. But it's some good mobility. Um, one of the biggest things here is that it doesn't say he can't, it can't be in um, engagement range. It so, does. Uh, not within more than nine inches away from enemy models. No, when you pull it out. Oh, so, I, I see. It's selected yeah, to move, yeah, remove yeah, it from the yeah. battlefield. There's no clauses there. It could have Absolutely. been wrapped. could have been trapped. could have been exactly. whatever. could have been can't fall back because of, um, because of um, a witch. Yep, and just, you're, well, out of there. you're out of there. One CP. See you later, brother. Not, not taking the chance. Just started shooting pretty good. I yep. want to be able to use it. Damn straight. Psychic grenade. This last one. One CP. You use strategy when you're shooting phase when an adeptus. Sorry, uh, anathema psychotic unit from your army selected to shoot. If that unit is not within engagement range of any enemy units, roll a d6 on a two plus the closest enemy psychic unit that is within six of and visible to it suffers a perils of so, the warp. I'm pretty sure you can do that even if you advance. Correct. Because you're, you're not shooting, to shoot, and then you won't be able to fire any of your weapons, yep. but you can still throw the grenade. Correct. Because it's not actually a grenade-type weapon. Yeah. Um, this is pretty good. Again, if psychers get a little too close to you, you drop a perils on them. Um, yeah, so you can't combo this with the extra D3 mortal wounds because it's not in your opponent's psychic Correct. phase, which is when that D3 happens. But if they're left on a wound or two and you drop... Mate, one wound, Dread Knight. That's one next to a couple of other squads. You roll up. You're automatically dead. Oh, you got to roll a five. They're all to roll a five plus. They get the five plus, yep. but then if they die to that perils, they, they blow up everything. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah, I like it a lot. But it also works on like Swarm Lord, anything Absolutely. like that. You run them yep. up and you just go, boom, take yep. D3. Oh, look at that. It killed you. Now you explode in the center of your own army. Exactly right. It's pretty solid. All right, that's it for the strats. And just to summarize them, um, in the previous book, and in totality, the prior you know, suite of strategies for the Custodians was probably arguably the best in the game. Barring they had having some really good ones. With the exception of not having any double activations, double shoots. Well, they did a double shoot, sorry, for, for um, rapid fire weapons yep, or yep. pistol weapons. Um, but there was no double move, double fights, anything like that. They had the best defensive strats. And I would have to say they do, and now they're cheaper. Yes. So all of their two CP strats that define their army became one. Became one. I, it's, it's, it's so insane. good. It really where is. is an actual two? So on vigil unyielding, is, is there any actual other two CP strats? It's just one, one slash two, one, one slash two. Yeah. If you build your army it's out just of all one to all... three models, which is super easy, everything is one, one CP. CP. It's actually nuts. There are all one CP or one slash two, with the exception of vigil unending, uh, which is just fight on death. So this is this is hugely great. You just have so many more CP to play with, and you have so much more to do with them. Exactly. It's insane. All right, moving over to Captain Commander. So this is the like you know the thing like um, you know, turning something Deathwing or um, you know upgrading your Cryptex in Necrons or whatever. This is a thing you pay on your characters to make them a little extra spicy. Tell me how this works, mate. So you can upgrade your shield captains with these upgrades. You pay points. You don't pay warlord traits or relics yep. or anything like that. There's three options available for each type of shield captain. Um, we can just hit the high points if you want. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So 
the biggest one is tip of the spear for a Virtus Shield Captain on a bike. No, we'll, we'll do them all. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, absolutely. So each time this model makes an attack, we made a charge move or performed a heroic intervention this turn, you can roll hit, hit rolls and win rolls of one. Super consistent. That's the best one. That's it's just the best so one, and yeah. it's not particularly close. No, it's not. Um, we're going in from the from the top. I'm going to tell you all about the Guardian Shield Captain ones because it's, it's it's done by the three types of captains you have. Like you Absolutely. said, there's the Guardian Shield Captain. There's the uh, Alaris one. There's the Virtus Praetor one. So for the Guardian one, Master of the Stances in your command phase, select one Adeptus Custodius Core or Adeptus Custodius Character unit. There's been six of this model. For the start of your next command phase, that unit benefits from both stances of your current cutter. Uh, this model can only use this ability every, if every unit from your army has the Adeptus Curtis keyword. Um, so it doesn't mean you can jack the soup, essentially. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. Swift as the Eagle, um, this model is eligible to declare a charge in a turn in which it it advanced. Yep. Um, so that's, okay, yep. that could be cute to go with um, Solar Watch, so he can, make, he can make someone else advance. He advances and charges as well. And then Inspirational Exemplar, add three to the range of the model's Inspirational Fighter ability to a maximum of 12. That's their reroll one stance. Exactly right. Yeah. Master, the first one I said, Master of the Stances, is 25. I don't really know why it's that expensive. It's not fantastic on him. I thought it was going to be pretty good, but generally going in the second half of the card doesn't matter. Much. Yeah. Next one's 15, and the last one's 15 as yep. well. They seem pretty good. Yeah. They Tell us about good. the Alaris ones. So the Alaris ones, Unstoppable Destroyer is really cool. It is. Whenever you make a pile in and consolidate, you move an extra inch. That's four inches. And then whenever you pile in or do a heroic intervention, you can move in any direction, and you can do so even if you're already touching an enemy model, which is the big hole in Unstoppable Destroyer before, was if they were touching, you didn't get to pile in or consolidate, so you couldn't go in any direction. Agreed. But this one, you can go in any direction, even if you're being touched, as long as you finish the move within engagement range. Yep. So you just can't stop from, you can't be stopped from being moved. Exactly right. I, I, I like it a lot. I wish it was on the bike, but it's still, pretty, it's still quite good. Um, Bane of Abominations, each time this model makes a melee attack against a monster vehicle or character, add one to the wound roll. Really solid, I if, love this one. Yep, and defined to the last. If this model has less than its starting number of wounds, um, but more than half, add one, and otherwise add two. I, I don't really, so it's, if it has half or less than half, add yeah. two. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant, yeah. If it's yeah, less yeah. than the first qualifier, you get two. Yeah, I don't know why this one's 20. It is the best out of the Alara Shield Captains, but unfortunately, I just don't know if it's worth 20. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Unstoppable Destroyers were 10, nice budget choice. It is, and uh, Band yep. of Abominations is worth 15. And honestly, I think all three of those are pretty good. I think Defiant's pretty a little good. expensive. Defiant, I think there is a build for a Bane of Abominations, and we'll talk to that why, because it goes with a very specific relic that is spicy as all hell. Um, but the Virtus Shield Captain ones, this is the one we like, the, these are the ones we like the most. Yep. We already told you about Tip of the Spear, which will run you 15 points, which is, I think is a very good pick. 15. Super good, you just take it. Fierce Conqueror, each time a model in this unit is, sorry, a model is selected to fight, after it piles in, if it's within two inches of six or more enemy models, um, then until. And until that fight is resolved, add two to the attack characteristic of that model. And the next one is Ceaseless Hunter. This model is eligible to declare a charge in a turn in which it fell back. That first one, Fierce Conqueror, I see a day when that can be co uh, comboed with the plus four attacks that we talked about for the, the kills, and that can be good, but we need much more of a horde meta to yeah, exist right now. I, when it does, that could be a builder. I like Tip of the Spear for make, to make those attacks reliable. Yeah, it's true. But that's but because they need to be into thicker bodies right exactly. now. Exactly. And Fierce Conqueror, two inches is... Very hard to fit six or more enemy models in. It's, it's correct. Just, even though your base is huge, it's still very difficult. Uh, Ceaseless Hunter could be pretty good on no, Shadow Keepers one with the uh, Fight Last Relic and the mm -hmm. Ignore Invulns thing. Uh, unless you charge after you fall back, pretty decent. The only thing I really like about Fierce Conqueror is that it doesn't say those attacks have to go into that unit. You could get, you could go charge a character and be with a six, six of bunch of mooks, and that character just takes eight attacks instead of six now. That's right. Ceaseless Hunter is twenty, which feels. A little too expensive. Too much. I thought it yeah. was going to be 10. Oh, that should be 10. That should be one of the cheapest. That should be 10. Fierce Conqueror's yeah. 15. Tip of the Spear is 15. 
tip of the spear is just the, the best. money. It's the money. the money. It is the mm-hmm. business for sure. All right, up next we have those warlord traits. Uh, first of which is master of martial strategy. First off point, while this warlord is on the battlefield, each time you expand a command point, use a stratagem, you can reroll one of the D6s on a fam- five plus that is refunded. The next one, once we battle in the command phase, units from your army that are, are using, sorry, that are using the martial carter ability, before selecting a carter stance for, for your army, you can change the order of your martial carters, i.e. primary or secondary tertiary. Note that this does not allow you to select carter stances more than once. This, to me, is... The best one. It is. It's, this could be yeah. two. This could be two. Good. It feels like two warlord traits, but it's yeah. in one, and Trajan gets this one for free. Yes. We'll touch on him again later. I'm sure he will come up. He's kind of a big feature in this book. But yes, this is amazing. So again, uh, Custodes were hurting for CP in the last book, and they certainly aren't now, because you have CP regen, and before you had to take Captain Commander trait that, if we're being honest, we never really took. Yep. So now you get Master of Martial Strategy, and you get a CP regen. And then the fact you can reorder your katas basically means that if you mispredict mm-hmm. when you're going to need your katas, you just fix it. You can just fix it on the fly. Yep. It's, re- it's really quite powerful. Um, and I, I do think this one is the most flexible one in addition to just being the one you're probably always going to have. Because guess what? You're probably taking Trajan. You almost certainly are taking Trajan. If you're not taking Trajan, what are you doing with yourself? Wait, what are you doing? Never mind. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Champion of the Imperium is up next. This warlord is eligible to form a heroic intervention is within six rather, and five vertically from the enemy unit. Each time this warlord makes a heroic intervention, it moves six, blah, 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 and it can re-roll the hit roll when it makes an attack. And shooting or combat. And it just says when it makes combat. an attack. When it makes a hit roll. When it makes a hit roll. Yeah, so, it a, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. This is the other one that Trajan has. He just gets these both. They're both quite good, but turning him from just being like a chapter master to being a chapter master who's a beast stick who's incredibly durable, he's hard to remove, he's a, he's, he's a holistically amazing character at that stage. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah, having rerolls to hit is a big, big deal when he's fighting, uh, and the six-inch heroic is just solid. Like, it's a good warlord trait, and he just has it and the uh, the best one in the book. So number three is superior creation, which hasn't changed. There's a five-plus feel, no pain. Every time we lose a wound, roll a d6 on a five, it's not lost. Creation just has that as well. It's not a warlord trait. He just gets it on his data sheet. Hilarious. Superior creation is still quite good though, but only yes. on when you're building for a certain purpose with him. Like if you want, if you want a beta, if you want to have a, a fridge on a bike to just throw in and stop up enemy, um, you know, big scary stuff. Superior creation is pretty pretty good. Yes, absolutely. It's it's pretty key to a lot of the builds of uh, shield captains that you might want to take. I especially love a bike shield captain, a Virtus shield captain, mm-hmm. with superior creation. Now remember, you can double up warlord traits. Yeah. So. Any the bike captain can take superior creation, can take any of the other ones on this list, can take one of the faction specific yep. yep. ones. It's very flexible, and superior creation almost certainly will be on there. As you said, Trajan already has a five up feel no pain. So for no reason whatsoever. For no reason whatsoever. So now both now you can have two very, very durable characters with a five up feel no exactly pain. It's right. a big deal. Alright, next up is impregnable mind. In your opponent's psychic phase, this wall can attempt to deny the witch once as if it was a psycho. Each time that another witch is taken for this wall would add one to the result. This ward counts as two additional models when determining control of an objective marker. This is culminative with any other rules they may have to count for additional models. So you can have a guy that gets a plus one deny the witch and counts as four models. That's right. That's right. And the four models does make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mostly when he combos with any other unit, a dreadnought yeah. or something yeah, else, suddenly a five-man squad yeah. can't take it away. 
kind of a big deal. And you are kind of drowning in CP with this army if you build it right. I mean, if you're starting with less than eight, you probably don't take this. Yeah, but if you have like 10 or 11 CP in your list, you could consider taking impregnable mind. If you are one of the biggest one of the biggest issues that custodians have had for the longest time is that they're not durable against mortal wounds. It's pretended that they are through the ages. They get a they get a standing six up against mortals, but it doesn't make enough. Which it's it's cute. Six it's, up. It's, yeah. Whatever. Six up does not counter the fact that you're uh you know super pricey models with yes, few wounds and a high toughness on most of your stuff. So um, taking a another witch is pretty good, especially if you're not taking Empress Trojan. Um, Absolutely. Radiant Mantle is number five. Each time an attack is made against this wall, subtract one from the attack's hit roll. Cheap, but I don't think it's taking the cut. It's it's actually not as bad as it looks. So it's the same reason we said any A minuses to hit yes. are a big deal because you can turn off rerolls. Mm -hmm. In any other codex, this wouldn't even be worth a second look, but because you can turn off rerolls, it can be quite a big if, deal. I think because you can double up a warlord trait, you could take superior creation and radiant mantle and just make the biggest pain in the butt running around on a bike that you can't kill. Yeah, you can take multiple characters that uh, you have serious trouble killing. Uh, Quill and Shield can make one just by themselves mm -hmm. with the uh, half damage and, uh, what was it, is half damage and minus one to wound. Minus one to wound. Yeah. Then you can take another one with superior creation, radiant mantle, <laughs> yeah, <no>. and <laughs> it's... It's pretty absurd. It's pretty absurd. Right, you can get some dur durability that cannot, cannot, has not been seen before. Uh, last one, Radiant Man, uh, sorry, Peerless Warrior. Each time Warlord makes an attack, a melee attack rather, and a modified wound roll of six inflicts minor mortal wounds on the target in addition to any normal damage. And then the second dot point, each time an attack is made by this ward is allocated to any model, the saving throw cannot be re-rolled. So no re-rolling savers, and a six to wound is immortal in addition. You'd think this would combo well with the one we talked about before, the, the extra four attacks. Uh, four models killed. Yeah. Um, but I still don't know if this is enough. It's not terrible. It's fine. Uh, in other codexes, this might be a little bit better. Uh, it's a little weird in ninth edition to have a no saving throw reroll yeah. clause now that yeah. all the rerolls to saving throw have left the game. It's pretty much just the CP reroll. Re yeah. now, now, CP reroll is a viable defensive use, and it's mm. certainly not irrelevant that they can't reroll saves against you. Um, mostly you're taking it for the sixes, inflict mortal wounds. Yeah. Which I think you, if you take on anything, you take it on a blade champion. That's a, that's a good call, actually. That's a very good call. Um, I clearly forgot a blade champion existed, to be honest. Yep. So, yeah, that could be a very, very good point. Um, we have three warlord traits here specifically for um, Sisters of Silence, um, Anathema Sarkana warlord traits. First one is Oblivion Knight. This warlord has the following ability it's an aura. Add one to advance and charge rolls made for Anathema Sarkana. Infantry units, as long as they're within six of this model. And secondly, each time this warlord makes an attack, reroll a wound roll of a one. Uh, I like that quite a lot. Um, I don't know if you're going to see the HQ. I hope you do. Um, I think you totally could. She's cheap, and that's really what you need. Oh, and this is what Alea comes with, which is, uh, Alea is worth considering, I, I think. She, I think she is quite good. Um, so, yeah, I think this is fine. What do you think? I think it's all right. I think the other ones are certainly better. Yeah, fair enough. We'll straight on to them then. Um, Silent Judge. While an enemy unit is win three of this warlord, each time a combat attrition test is taken for that enemy unit, strike one from that combat attrition test, and enemy units lose the objective secured ability within three. Yeah, that's the big that's one. That's the money. That's the, the, money. the combat attrition, whatever. If it comes up, dope. Cute, but it, yeah. it usually won't. But it's the uh, taking off obsec. A permanent aura of your opponent doesn't get it, and so many of your units do come with it. Now, you're already amazing at taking objectives away from people with your body count and yep. mass obsec. So I'm not sure this one's necessary, but it is a very strong ability. It's kind it's of uh, yeah, it's World Killers-esque. It's an extremely strong ability. It's it's almost like you're so good in the primary, I'm not sure you need it. But if you need it and 
I, I think it's not a bad thing to have it. You certainly it. have it, yeah, yeah, if you need it. Um, Mistress of Persecution is last. While a friendly Anamathema Sarkana infantry unit is within six of this warlord, each time model in that, in that Sarkana unit <laughs> makes an attack, the target has not received the benefits of heavy or light cover against the attack. That's nice. That translates into plus one rent, plus one hit in some states. Yep, yep, yep. And I'd uh, no, it's, uh, it's not dense. It doesn't ignore dense. Oh, of course. Apologies. So I, I, yes. I read heavy as dense. Um, you're absolutely right. Add three to the range characteristics of ranged weapons made by Anathema Sarkana infantry units that are equipped with. So she gets that unit are, is, are equipped with. So once so, win six of the walls. So is, yep. This combos yeah. with Witch Seekers quite this well. This is really nice. So the fast attack slot is kind of congested. Yeah, it is. But there is, it's certainly a good call to take three units of Witch Seekers mm -hmm. and take a... Um, a Knight Centura, which is the name of the, the sister's character, yep. with this Warlord trait, and then a Relic we'll get to later. Yep. And you have a lot of Flamers hitting a 15-inch range that now mm. ignore cover, and they're all AP1. And reroll ones to a, wound. And reroll ones yeah. to wound. It's a big, big deal. It's quite nice. All right, jumping down to the Relics. Unless there's anything in particular you want to point out of the Warlord traits, brother? Um, not particularly, other than they're just good across the board. I think the, yeah, the Custodius Warlord traits, there's literally five of them uh, out of the six, I think are legitimately worth taking. Yeah, for sure. All right, onto the relics, first of which is Eagle's Eye. Now, this used to be an auto-tech, because this was a 3-plus invuln, wasn't it? That's right. It was just 3-plus invuln, yeah. and then Auric Aquilus, which is the one afterwards, was a 3-plus invuln, and it gave you something else real, in addition. Real charges. Real that's charges. Real, like, yeah, 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 that's right. Um, Eagle's Eye is infantry model only. Add one to the wounds characteristic of the bearer, and then once per battle, before making a saving throw for the bearer, it can activate this, uh, whatever it's called, and you get a 3-plus invuln for that one phase. So it is... Um, Armor Indominus from Space Marines, almost to the word, right? That's right. Um, this one's plus one. Yeah, this is actually, yeah, exactly it's Armor Indominus. Exactly now, the difference is it's infantry only. Yeah. But it was kind of infantry only. It would have been infantry only anyway because it adds one to the wounds. And if you add one to the to wounds bikes, of a bike captain, it becomes wounds, 10, 10 wounds, and, and it's bad. Yeah. So you, would, you wouldn't have seen this on bikes either way. It's very, it makes a character very durable. Generally, with Custodes characters, they only wind up to kill you seriously, like one time in the game. Yeah. Uh, and if you make the miss on that, it can be a big deal. Agreed. Next up is that Auric Aquilus we talked about. It's bike and model only. You can roll the charge rolls made for the bearer if you could already re-roll the charge rolls, and you add one to those charge rolls. Um, and then in your movement phase, when the bear is selected to move, it can boost. If it does so until the end of the phase, double the move characteristic, and it is not eligible to shoot or declare a charge this turn. Doubling that move means it goes 28 inches. That if, is... If you need yeah. a dramatic redeploy, like, oh, you, uh, I've killed this flank. I want to go see what the other one's like. Badoosh, you just go and do it. Um, in addition, rerolling charges is pretty cute. It is pretty cute. I, I wonder when you would actually need this. Because it takes up a relic slot. You don't have that yeah. many characters. Yep. They're fairly expensive. Your relics are pretty decent. You already move 14 inches. You already move 14. You're usually charging, piling in, yeah. you know, shooting, doing stuff every turn of the game. And taking a turn off to move an extra 14 doesn't really That's, sound yeah. worth yeah. it, the, if it. If it was real charges and something else, it would be better than this. Um, like, as it is right now, and unless you've just found yourself dramatically out of position, I don't really see when you're ever going to do it. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. If the, if you could act normally after, you could charge normally after it, yeah, so it would be an auto-include. Oh, if you could shoot after it. If you go 28 and shoot, or 28 and charge, maybe not charge, that'd be OP. 28 and charge is a bit OP. But 28 and shoot, that, that'd be fine. Yeah. Um, all right, Gatekeeper's up next. <laughs> all um, right, it's a Relic Spear. Is it going to be the same is, as the other ones? Uh, so it is. It replaces a Guardian Spear, and each time a ranged attack is made with this weapon, that attack automatically hits the target. So wow. It's rapid fire, 2, strength 5, minus 2, 2. So 4 auto-hits at... at um, 12 inches, and immediately it is 
literally the same. It is identical spear. to a guardian spear. Yes. Why can't she make both profiles okay? Because the first bit was all right. An auto hitting, you know, rapid fire damage to storm bolter. It's it's, it's not, not awful. But it is the, kind of awful. If it was damage three on the bottom of the spear, I'd, I'd like. So here's what I think it needs. Actually, I think it needs to be rapid fire three. That would actually be cool. Yeah, because yeah. then the six like a flame. Like it would be six. And if you spent one CP to put it in Salvus, Ooh, it would be 12. 12. Oh, that's actually sick. It is, but you'd have to take a character just for just it, for it yeah. which would which would make it significantly less, less broken. It already, in is, fact. it already is not unappealing because that's the worst of the of the, of the captains. Yes. Captain. Well, you, I think you can take a you can take a spear on the Alaris. Oh, that's one. true. That's true. But yeah, if you take right. an Alaris one, you might be taking a different relic. You're taking a different relic. That's pretty much what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, the veiled yep. blade, a model equipped with a sentinel blade only. Places a sentinel blade. Uh, it's pistol two, strength four, minus one, two, and in melee, strength one, minus four, two. Uh, each time the bear fights, it makes two additional attacks. So I believe it's that's all you're getting. Is it makes two additional attacks. That's it's all the relic gives you. An additional AP as well, which is whatever. Yeah, it's absolutely whatever. Um, yeah. Never mind. Moving on. I mean, no, it's it's actually one of the better relic weapons in the book. Two extra attacks takes them to it eight attacks. Yeah. But nobody gets it that you care about, that's, and that's, that's kind of the end of the debate yeah. for me. Yeah. Although if you could, if you if you were in a grindy like foot based meta, nothing's quick. This guy with the the four extra attacks or the two extra attacks is, is in, in horde range. Going to ten attacks and then a misericordia hitting on twos, probably winding most of the things on threes or twos. That's not awful. Right? That's the um, that's the bite captain gets the two extra attacks. The oh, foot course, guy course, doesn't yeah, get yeah. really yeah. anything. Yeah. All right. This is next up is one of your faves and one of my favorite memes. Obliteratum. Uh, a model equipped with a ballistic grenade launcher only. Uh, straight, uh, range 18. Assault 1. Strength 10. Minus 4. D3 plus 3. This thing is a tachyron arrow. I'm actually a big fan of Obliteratum. It, the range. It did not actually find its way into my OVO list. Uh, there are reasons for that. But you played it a lot. I played it a lot. Into I <laughs> Into you. I still think it's pretty good. I think specifically it's good in Emperor's Chosen where you have that free reroll. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just yeah. too likely that you're not going to force wounds through. So I think if... Yeah, I think the guy who wants to take this is an Alaris Vexilla because he still hits on twos, and now you've turned him into something of a threat, which is very nice. Just for a relic slot, you don't have to purchase anything else. A relic slot, you just get this shooting every turn. Hmm. That's fantastic. We've conceived of plays of this guy snapping characters with a teleport home and redeploying. Like, ah, bang, sorry, you didn't think you you didn't think you had to worry about this angle. Ah, there there you go, bang, a bunch of items. It's pretty good. It's pretty, but it's a bit memey. It is a bit memey. But I think if you're taking a Vexilla, you either take it as an Alaris with a Bliteratum, for sure. Because it's a very solid gun. It's just it AP4, D3 plus 3. AP4, yeah. D3 plus Strength 3 over and over. Well, so it's amazing it's all the toughest 5 shots. It really is. Yeah. Um, or you take as well, it... you can advance and just hit on yeah. a 3 with a reroll from Emperor's Chosen. You don't care. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Um, I think either you take him as an Alaris with a Bliteratum, because I think a Bliteratum is phenomenal. Or you take him as a regular one with the next relic, Fulminaris Aggressor. So that is, you give it to a Vexilus Praetor model only. Bear gains the following ability. While friendly shield host core or character units within six inches of this model, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, the target does not receive the benefits of heavy or light cover against the attack. This is big. This is actually quite big because yes. one of the things you're screaming out for from range is rend. It's like marine killing rend. You only got rend one. Yeah, you got. You have a lot of AP1. So you have a lot of it. A Terminator um, in cover is just like, heh, that's cute. Yep, it doesn't die very easily. Whereas this, it, it makes it, it makes it so much easier for you to kill just Marines sitting in cover, who otherwise would be getting a three up against Sagittarium or anything like that. Exactly right. I think this makes all the difference for things exactly like Sagittarium, and like it'll be the same for um for Venetari as well. 
For sure. Or the dreadnoughts. Anytime they shoot, yes, that's all actually, that AP one. Because we found that the dreadnought shooting with this was a game changer in some matchups. Absolutely. It does a ton of damage and it uh, just ignores cover. Your opponent, AP one gets softened by cover, mm -hmm. but when it ignores cover, and it just starts ripping the through people. The big thing's about the, the Fulminaris Aggressor, it doesn't replace their innate ability. They're already giving out cover on yes. plus one hit or plus one attack in addition to this. It's actually superb. That's what they did in the last book, was they made the Relic Banners replace the regular banner, and that was, you absolutely did not even come close to considering yeah. taking it. All right, here comes troll time. It's Praetorian Plate. Terminator model only. Add one to the bearer's toughness characteristic. Once per battle in the heroic intervention step of your opponent's charge phase. If the bearer is not within engagement range of any enemy units, it can perform a teleport shunt. Remove the bearer from the battlefield and set it up within three of a friendly unit, excluding vehicle units, and within engagement range of an enemy unit. That is not, uh, if that is not possible, it cannot perform a teleport shunt. The bearer cannot perform a heroic intervention in the same turn at which it performed a teleport shunt. This thing is lit. I've been told this man say. is referred to as Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> People, Mr. Worldwide, because uh, he can just be anywhere. He can just go anywhere. He does whatever he feels yeah. like. Yeah, no, he's he's very solid. It's so a very good relic. There's only, essentially, there's only two versions of this in the game. One is this, and one's a Sanguinor. How does this, how does this shape up to the Sanguinor's Sanguinor is better. The reason why the Sanguinor is better, yep. there are reasons why it's better and reasons why it's worse. Yeah, I was about to say, because I think there's reasons why this is better. So the reason why this is better is you can use this on any turn of the game, yep. not just while the Sanguinor is in, in reserves. Reserve. And he can also be doing stuff on the board yep. while you have this ability yep. active. Yep. So, But the actual ability and combos for the Sanguinor are better because of uh, the stratagem Angel Sacrifice. Angel Sacrifice, yeah, is, yep. is, is the key here. But for, for what this is, I think the T's and C's on this are better because your opponent can just wait out and uh, wait out the Sanguinor and be like, oh, well, uh, is it turn two? Yeah, I don't, don't, don't worry about getting combat now. Uh, turn three, yeah, we're good. Turn four, let's go for it, boys. No, yeah. no Sanguinor to worry about. Which, I mean, Blood Angels forces the it fight early, issue, but, yeah. which means, you know, different yeah. armies for different play styles. Sanguinor's only good on the counter-assault. Sanguinor's only good on the counter-assault. Yeah. So, yeah, Sanguinor's ability is quite solid, but again, it's a 150-point character whose whole job is to just do that, mm. whereas what, this is just a relic slot. What is Trolltastic about this? is its ability to reach out and, and tag somebody who's not touched. That's right. So um, you don't, well, theoretically, yeah, you've, you've tangle-footed somebody who's trying to fall back from you, you rolled a one, they got away, you know? Um, you pick this guy up in, in their charge phase on that charge, that they just got out of heroic intervention range, and you just place this guy two inches from your boy within an inch of them. Yep. And that's your freaking lations. Job done. Suddenly you're in combat. Yeah. No, the, the flexibility on the Praetorian plate is massive. Mm -hmm. Because you, you, they they don't even need to charge you for it to no, for it to really trigger. Yeah. They just need to be within yeah. roughly five and a half inches of you. Exactly right. And then you can just plunk this guy down from across the board. Mm -hmm. It is obviously broken, oh, but, uh, but, but how well people have negotiated the gray knight stuff, which is which is a similar mechanic, reactive mechanic. This this uh, I think this is fine. Once per game, troll out, play around it. <laughs> It's yeah. going to mess with your head, and it's, I'm fine that they've got it. Well, I was about to explain why we didn't end up taking it in our LVO list. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, it's obviously broken, but here's the reason we're not taking it. So here's the reason we're not taking it. You have to purchase a character entirely for the relic. For the relic, yeah. And the guy receives relatively no offensive buffs He's whatsoever. He's just not that killy. He's just issue. not that killy, and you have to pay points for him. 
and he is not going to do that much of a job when you yeah. teleport him in. He's not going to go and beat back your opponent's Death Star or Talos unit or whatever. That, Certainly that, that not. That was our issue. We needed to go. The Sanguinor actually hits substantially harder. Harder, which is a bit, which is kind of crazy. It's yes. kind of a bit silly. Um, but for this guy, that's why this guy's on troll mode. He's, he's, he's actually he's there to troll you. He's, he's on the troll patrol. mess with your plans. He's there to, to stuff you up. He'll kill a five-man. Five-man, anything, no problems. Well, he's just not unless go, he rolls some ones. He's, not, well, he's just not going to go do heavy lifting for you. And that, that's, that's like, what people... He runs into a unit of Space Marines. He misses an attack. He misses a wound because yep. six attacks. Yep. Four wounds. They get five up. They pass one or two of those. Suddenly, you've killed two Marines, three Marines, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to take a spear, obviously. Yeah, so... Yeah. That's why he didn't end up in our list. He is expensive in an army that really wants to be doing, that, that feels full. Like, you can't cut things down out of this yeah. army. Uh, but you, I can't see a battalion with Trajan and him. But I we, could. We, we just decided to go with the, the, bike, bike, captain, the bike captain. Because we wanted the speed. Um, Castellan's marks up next. At the start of the first battle round, you can select up to two friendly shield host units. Remove those units from the battlefield and then set them up anywhere on the battlefield that is wholly within your deployment zone. If the mission uses strategic reserve rules, um, any of those units can be placed in strategic reserve without having to spend the CP, regardless of how many units are already in strategic reserve. Both players have abilities that redeploy units that will roll off the winner chooses who. This is one of the big reasons why the Praetorian play didn't make it. That's right. Castellan's mark, to me, is an auto-take. In a, such an elite army, redeploying and fixing your deployment once you've seen your opponents is enormous. And you can go back into reserve, which is also a big Huge. deal. And yeah. it doesn't say core. Most of these redeploys exactly. say core. This does not. So the Caladius that's on the board, oh, it's in reserve. Yep. Telamon. Oh, look at that. I'm going second. They're, you know, they're deployed back. Yep. Or I'm going first. They're deployed on the line. Yep. Or I deploy half my army on the line, half my army back, and then fix it. And then fix, fix it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a fixer. And I think you can't leave home without this in an elite army. I think it's so, so, so superb. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. It's, the differences only get magnified when your opponent does not have a redeploy. Exactly. Oh, exactly right. Spot on. All right, the last one is Wrath Angelus for Vexless Praetor model only. Once per battle in your command phase, bears on the battlefield, select one point on the battlefield and place a marker on that point. At the start of your next command phase, roll 1d6 for each unit within six inches of the center of that marker, adding one if the unit being rolled for is within three, and subtracting one if the unit being rolled for is a character. On a two through a five, the unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. On a six, that unit suffers d6 mortal wounds. Marker is then removed. This is really good, if, I For think, what it is, for what it is, it's good. You're never going to take it. Right, you're never going to take it because Fulminaris Aggressor is probably better. Yeah. You can, I mean, I'm picturing scenarios where you point this at your opponent's castle and they have to start scattering. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I think Ignore's Cover is going to just be better Same. if you're taking a Vexless Praetor. I absolutely agree. Um, mechanics like this are very easy to circumnavigate or play around. Um, and they have a turn. You know, they have a turn to, they have to a, get out of dodge. They, they do. You're never going to catch their good stuff with this. You'll catch the bits that they let you catch. Um, but yeah, as a psychological player, it's not bad. You're just not going to see it because things of this ilk have just fallen off everywhere. All right, next up, Relics of the Vigil. So this is your... Um, these are these are for the Knights and Churras. Yeah. Yep. So you have the Raptor Blade, which is plus one strength and AP over an Executioner Great Blade. Terrible. Yes, you're never, never going to see it. Never going to see it. Nope. Uh, Excruciatus Flamer. It is a flamer. It's an upgrade to a flamer. This one, I think you will see. Oh, I love this. If you're taking I'm it, in love with this flamer. No, I like this. The package. Um, it is 12-inch range. Remember, it's 15 if yep. you have the Warlord trait. It is Assault 6. So mm -hmm. it's a flamer that's always six shots. Yes. At Strength 6, AP 3, 1 damage, auto hits. I rate this. I rate this quite highly. If you're taking highly. that little flamer package in the Rhino, this is a beautiful icing on the cake. I think if you take a Knight Centure, I think you just want to take this flamer. She's just she's just money. Yeah, if you've got the Relic slot, I think you absolutely do. Yeah. yeah. Little, just annoying little um, sister's character running around just being like, 
yoink, 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 do yeah. a little five mans, just get wrecked. Yep, she just like, walks up to a five man and kills it. Yep, yep. All right, last one. Enhanced Void Seal Cloak. The bear has four plus invuln each time an attack is made against the bear. Extract one from that attack's hit and wound roll. This is not going to be enough to save her if she gets in combat with just about anything. Correct. If this, if that ability was on a, a shield captain, a shield captain yeah, the invuln obviously is duplicate, but minus one to hit and wound, and then you can yeah. turn off rerolls. Turn off rerolls. Oh, it would be God. almost impossible to kill him. Um, yeah, I would 100% take this relic if I could on a bike captain. Me too. But you can't. Uh, unfortunately, on toughest three model with what? She got four or five wounds? Five. Five wounds? It's just not going to save. Right? I believe it's five. It doesn't yeah. particularly matter. It doesn't matter. All right. That is it for the relics. And once again, there's a bunch of good ones. And But the, diff the difference here is there's a big gap between the good and the bad. None of the weapons, to my mind, make the cut. Obliterata, maybe. Um, Fulminar's Aggress is up there. Castellan's Marks is an auto-take. And Praetorian Plate, if your troll of choice, your troll option of choice. That's right. Uh, the Excruciatus Flamer, I think, is also, if you're taking Knight Centura, I think not? you take it. Why not? Yes. All right. Up for the chapter approved rules. Now, we neither of us were, were impressed with these secondaries. No. It's, it's no, sir. It's easy to see. First of this is No Mercy, No Respite, Might of Terror. Score four victory points at the end of the battle round if one or more enemy units were destroyed this battle round and no Adeptus Custodes or Anathema Sarcanic units from your army were destroyed so this battle round. So let's ignore the fact that this is hard to score. Yes. It is in the same category as Grind Them Down. Yes. Grind Them Down to score three victory points if you've destroyed more enemy units yes. than they have destroyed of yours. Yes. So Grind Them Down is infinitely easier to score. Yes. Gives you one fewer point a turn, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. and is in the same category. So you can't take both. Trade Wars is the fundamental game state of the majority of competitive games. Yes. It's a trade war. Yeah. So you're saying only I get to have to trade. Right. The game is so killy, this is not... A thing unless you're playing against an army that has yeah. no abilities whatsoever. If you tell your opponent you have to kill more units than or the same number or more units of than I've killed mm -hmm. in order to stop me from getting the secondary, that's one thing. Yeah. If you tell them you have to kill one unit to stop me from getting this, exactly right. they will do it. Exactly right. And now you are taking uh, you're taking sisters of silence units. Yep. You're taking small They're little, very fragile. You're taking small little units. Losing this for just one turn. You don't, you don't get a turn one, because they just don't let you kill anything turn one. Right, exactly. They, it's they, the, they, no, got it's this. a big problem with grind as well. And then one turn of the game, you just get a, a Sisters of Science unit killed, and one turn of the game, you get a character killed. And then, yeah. oh, cool, congrats on your four I points. Mean, and that's you lose six models, and you still get four points? Like, yeah. Yeah, like, you are all, the way 40k goes is you will lose a significant portion of your army by the Every end, game. unless yeah. you're stomping them. Unless you're ruffle stomping. And if you're ruffle stomping them, you've got better options. And if you're losing anything out of your army, your opponent can just make sure to do the last wound to kill it, yep. and you, you lose out on the secondary. And again, it's in the same category as grind, a thing, a secondary that is much easier to score. You, you, you're never going to see this. This one. would be much better if you were incentivized to take bigger scores. If you take fives and six mans, sure. I Something. See. I don't know. It's so similar to grind. I just I yeah, struggle just, to yeah. see why yeah. you would ever take it. Yeah. Anyway, next up is yours. All right, Stand Vigil. This is one I thought was fairly decent. It's in Battlefield Supremacy. Then I read it closer. Uh, score three victory points at the end of the battle round if you control more objective markers that are not within either player's opponent's zone than your opponent does. I kind of glossed over when I read it at first, and mm -hmm. I thought it was at the end of your turn. Same here. I thought this is like, oh, this could be a better situational stranglehold. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, maybe Custody's thing is they just have a better stranglehold, which is one of the best ones. Yep. So instead of taking stranglehold and a good secondary, you just have a slightly better stranglehold. Yep. Oh, that's the Custody's thing. Sick. And then I realized it said at the end of the battle round. If you're and, going second, it's the same. But yep. if you're going first, it's way worse. Now, would I take this if it weren't in the same category as Stranglehold? Yeah. Potentially. You, you might take both. But this yeah. is in the same category as winners, such as Stranglehold, Engage on All Fronts. Mm -hmm. Like, 
those are really good secondaries that you almost always take. Exactly right. And this is substantially worse. Than well, you've got to ride that bet that you go second. And then if, only if you go second is this comparable to Stranglehold. Only it's if you go it's probably slightly better than Stranglehold if you go second. And it is hot garbage if, if you, you go, go first. first. <laughs> yeah. It is but, terrible. I'm yeah. not sure why they made it at the end of the battle round. Mm. If they made it at the end of your turn, it would be interesting. It would obviously be quite good. Yep. But it would be slightly better than Stranglehold. In exchange, your other secondaries are not as good. You don't have a very strong secondary game, so maybe you just get a slightly upgraded Stranglehold. That'd be interesting. This one is significantly worse than Stranglehold. Mm -hmm. Very risky. If you end up going first, you could easily score zero on this. Very easily score zero on this. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It's, don't it's take a scary it. prospect to think you're going to take this and get a good score. Uh, you just yeah. you, ha- you have to just believe you're just going to do so much better than your opponent. Um, or it's like the scouring and they're uh, I mean they're gun line or something. Or sorry, battle. But it would be battle battle lines and they're just a gun line or something. Yeah, and you're just going to walk up and be like, hurry, <laughs> small army in the middle. Yep. Um, yep. And then, then maybe. Um, all right, last one. This one is, is an absolute paragraph. It's imposed the enemy and it's Auric Mortalis. I am going to boil this one down. TLDR, for Because it clear. is like three paragraphs. Yeah. All right. So you have to target your opponent's Primarch or Supreme Commander. If they don't have it, it's their most it's expensive, expensive unit, unit. non-aircraft unit. Yeah. All right. You get points if you kill it. You get five points if you kill it at all. Yeah. You get 10 points if you kill it in melee. Yep. And you get 15 points if you kill it in melee and it was more than six inches away from your deployment zone. Yeah. Then you get minus two points to this total for every unit your opponent unit killed. So your opponent's best thing, which could be three Talos, could be ten Deathwing Terminators, could be Mortarian. Yep, you don't get to pick. You don't get to pick. There's no agency by me, by the, the custodies player. And then your opponent just is like, oh, oh really? Yes. That's an interesting choice you just made there. It's super interesting. <laughs> the, even if their unit isn't that powerful, which if it's the most powerful unit in their book, it's like in their in their list. It's, it's probably good. getting it's a kill. Probably off. getting some kills. Yeah. They can just make sure it picks off the last couple wounds exactly on a multiple right. different yeah. units. And all of a sudden, even if you do kill it, and by the way, it's if you kill it in combat more than six inches. If if you kill it more than six inches away, but you kill it in shooting, you get five points. Yes. So you have to go out there and dig it out. Meanwhile, it's Making sure yes. to take the last exactly chunks right. out of you. Like I think about so, and this the, the double down here is how good to the last is, which a lot of people build for and a lot of people take. If someone has a unit that is their most expensive and it's one of the two to the last, they're already planning to not let you kill it. Yes. And so it's just a triple down. It's like I bet that I can kill your thing, and I bet that I made all these things, and that your your thing that I want to kill is not good enough to do any of these things that are going to cost me points. And this is just, never mind, we're moving yep. on. I'm going to go <laughs> dig it out. Because the other thing is, if it's super expensive, Dude, if it's Mortarian, it's, and he bowling balls its way through your army, mm-hmm. right, he kills three and units. And then you kill him. And then you kill him in combat, but he's in your deployment, so you get four points. You get four points. And that's if you kill Mortarian in and combat. Mortarian in combat, yeah, I know, like, he's minus one damage, and you're only two damage in combat anyway. Yeah. It's really rough. It's, it's really rough. super rough. The, I, the, the odds that this is anywhere near good. The one that terrifies me is Drizar in a Venom in the back of the table. Yep. And he's, you just, oh, well, I think you, I might be able to get him. Oh, cool. He just advanced all the way to the other side of the table. Oh, I might be able to get him. Start. Oh, he just advanced back to the other side of the table. Yeah. And he's like, uh, now you, get, feel like you do get lose. to see your opponent's army before you pick it, but I, I cannot, for the life of me, think of a scenario where you would I take this. I can't think of a matchup where I want to take this. Maybe, maybe it's just we haven't seen it yet. All right, moving on to the data sheet abilities. We already did the Katas. We're not going to go from them again, of course. Um, but we're here to just tell you about a couple of things here. Aegis of the Emperor first up. Has it changed at all, mate? Right. No, we didn't. Yeah, I'm going to try again. Sorry. 
Yes, yeah, so Aegis of the Emperor. Uh, models in this unit have a 4 plus vulnerable save, and each time model in that unit would lose a wound as a result of a model wound. Uh, roll a d6. On 6, a wound is not lost. It's nice that that's changed that it's not just mortal wounds in a side. That's right. Now. That was a big deal. There's yeah. a lot of mortal wounds floating around the game right now. Now, a 6 up is not really enough to keep you alive. That's where Emperor's Chosen kind of comes in, in yeah. my opinion. But it's better than nothing, and it's mm -hmm. it's good to have. And the 4 plus invuln is just clutch every unit in your army. I mean, Harlequins know how important that yes, is. Yes, it is. It can just make things whiff mm -hmm. when they uh, when they shouldn't, yeah. uh, and it just means there's a baseline level of toughness your units have. It's exactly. solid rules. All right, Daughters of the Abyss is everything the Anathema Psychana units get. Uh, unit cannot be targeted or affected by psychic powers, and each time a psychic test is taken for units, subtract one for the total for each unit with this ability within 18, up to a maximum of negative three. And then each time an attack is made by a model in this unit that targets an enemy psycho or demon within six inches of it, add one to that attack's wound roll. Uh, that last one's not probably going to matter too, too, too much. Although Grey it is Knights, nice against Grey Knights, Grey Knights with Witch Seeker Flamers. <laughs> um, but the, the Psychic Test being minus one, 18 inches, not the biggest deal. The biggest thing is it can't be targeted or affected by Psychic Powers. It's beautiful. Which means you can stand them in front of your army for a turn, mm -hmm. and they absorb every single smite out of your opponent's when army. When Chaos gets good, and you've got like that smite battery behind your, you know, your wall of choice, your horrors or your plague, plague bearers again, this thing is a game breaker. For sure. Yeah. They just walk out in front of your army and they say, your mortal wounds do nothing. Do nothing. Do not exist. Yep. See you, mate. Um, from God of Light, they come, same as it was, I think. During deployments, every model in this, uh, every model in the unit has this ability, and you can set up a teleport time, et cetera, et cetera. So that's it for the rules. Now we're going to talk about possibly one, maybe two data sheets, and we're going to sign off because we've been going pretty hard, guys. Um, we do need to talk about Trajan. Now we need to talk about Trajan for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, chapter proof came down, out, and this guy went down 10 points. Yes, um, which makes no sense because he was already... Bananas. He was 170 in the in the in the, the codex. Now he's 160, and it just like is is he the best character in the game? Have I said he's the best character in the game? I don't know episode? if he's the best character. I think he, he is. is by far the best named character. Uh, uh, hands down, Morvan Vall is is not number Forget one anymore. Her. Forget about that. She's number two. <laughs> Trajan is now number one. Yeah. And her biggest fanboy, John, agrees with us on this. Hands down, yeah. Trajan is just insane. I'll give you guys the package. Sorry, movement 6, weapon skill 2, weapon skill 2 plus, strength 5, toughness 5, wounds 8, 6 attacks, leadership 11, 2 plus save. In combat, he has uh, strength times 2, minus 3, 3 damage. He has a miserable cordia. And, of course, he has strength 5 rather than strength 4 shots with his Castellan Axe. Super Castellan Axe. Watch his axe. Um, he has the Carters, all that stuff. 5 plus in... Uh, in Sorry, 5 plus against wounds after your save, 5 plus mm -hmm. for no pain. Absolutely. Uh, Captain General, if he is battle, if your army is battleforged, this model must be your warlord. If more than one model from your army has a rule that this affects, then one of those models must be your army's warlord. If this, sorry, then one of those models must yep. be your army's warlord. So if this model is your warlord and every unit from your army is Lepsis Custodius, and with Psychata, Wages and the Imperium unaligned, it gets two warlord traits instead of one. Legendary Commander, rules to hit and rules to wound roll of one, and then Moment Shackle. Tell us about this, dude. So Moment Shackle, you can activate it once a game, and it does one of the following things when you activate it. You can, for free, interrupt. At the end of the fight phase, um, you can fight again. Yep. Or after you have failed a saving throw, you can set the damage characteristic of that attack to zero. So he can either be very tough when he's expected to be, or he can fight twice, or he can save you some CP and do an interrupt. Yeah. So, so he can interrupt for free. So that's essentially saving 2 CP, like you said. He can fight again if he's already fought. Um, and that, that's, that, that's the end of the fight phase, so he can't go you know, immediately like a Corn Berserker or something. That's right. Um, and then, yeah, just a zero one of the saving throws. And that zero in the saving throw has actually come up for us. He's been in a position where he would have died. He's just like, not nah, zero it, whatever. Yep. 
It's a big deal. Having a Trajan and not having a Trajan is a very different thing. Very different thing. And when he dies to like a couple of, dim, like a Demi-Karen trying to pull him apart, mm-hmm. that D3 plus three, when you fail a save and you're like, I have two wounds Huge. left, you're like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. I was actually damaged zero and it uh, doesn't happen. He just turns yeah. the time turner and he's fine. He's fine. Um, are there any other sheets we need to talk about, mate? I mean, uh, we can talk about all of them, but we're, we're pretty strapped for time, so we might call it here. And this is one you really so there's one there's one change that stands out quite significantly maybe maybe two custodian wardens got bodyguard it's huge that it's is a huge huge, huge deal yeah. it means you almost certainly want a unit of them in your army I think a unit of three is bordering on mandatory yeah. exactly just solve shooting army matchups because exactly. the character out front bodyguarded they can't see any of the rest of your army you're on yep. an objective you're set and there's uh, like there's no real out of hive guard shooting twice there's no real artillery piece that's going to go through no rerolls transhuman custodian wardens in cover there's just not yeah, absolutely not. Um, the last one I would say would be Virtus Praetors. Their salvo launcher has gone to 3 plus D3, AP4. It's just, it's a very solid, reliable shooting platform, it's, anti-tank. It's that the Lance didn't go to strength 8, which I really wanted it to go to, but it did get plus 1 to wound on the charge now, which right. is pseudo-strength 8, but it doesn't get you past Ram Shackle and stuff right, like that. Right, right. It's a bit of an awkward. When you're near Trajan, that's a lot of the time you're hitting on 2s and wounding on 2s, reroll yep. both. So very reliable attacks. If you need to go up to strength 8, you uh, have Rendax there, so you can you can go right through Ramshackle. And one of the biggest changes, actually, is that they became they went to five wounds it's from huge, four. Huge, it's right? huge. huge. The breakpoints on two damage weapons, it means they're 50% harder to kill for two damage exactly weapons. Exactly right. And they have a chance to survive a D3 plus three. For sure. A chance. Which has come up. Which is so much better. Especially since yeah. most of the time they can't re-roll the damage. Exactly, because you turn off re-rolls. It's spicy. It's really quite good. I mean, Hiveguard hate them. They, I've seen Hiveguard shoot and not kill one. I've seen him shoot and kill two. I've yeah, seen him shoot yeah, and not kill one. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? It's rough. But guys, that's going to wrap us up for this or the actual review of the contents. We're going to quickly talk about how good we think this is before we tune out. Um, look, there, this book did get was maligned by some Custodes diehards when it came out. I yes. did not believe that was warranted. And Same hope, here. Hopefully they're coming around to it as well because I feel like this is an incredible book. It's phenomenal. In fact, John and I believe uh, it is currently the best book in the game. I, We're both taking it point for point, same list, Stelvio. Yes, I I can't disagree. Right as it sits right now, prior to the prior to the data sheet, sorry, the um the, the chapter approved changes, definitely this is an S tier book for my, for my mind. For sure, hundred yeah. percent, not even close. Um, is it the best S tier book? I I want to see I want to see I want to see some tournament results. Like we have played a lot of practice games, and it's very mm-hmm. strong, very flexible yes. codex, and it's just been clowning on some armies. They feel like they can make the best, the most. Well-rounded army in the game at the moment. For the sure, that doesn't isn't, isn't all shooting, isn't all combat, isn't all movement-based tricks. It just gets a really even spread of all, nothing. Everything is good. That's right. Absolutely. That's that's where we're at. We believe in the book enough that John and yeah. I both took the same list, point yeah, to point, yeah, yeah. and to LVO, the biggest event of the year. Um, so we'll see. But honestly, the book seems very good. People were very upset after losing most well, of their three-up involves. They lost superior it, fire it patterns. Was a, it was a, they went through a gut checkpoint because the army everyone's using with the double and triple telemons and all the shield guard that just wasn't a list anymore yes it just wasn't a thing now the telemons went down in points 20 points so they might be a list now i i one telemon i think is very attractive for sure yeah. for sure and i want i want to see them back on the table because they're one of the sickest models i i think this book is a home run for custodies players and yeah. i think it's amazing huge now, fan as an imperium player i think it's freaking amazing just to put in my lexicon of different stuff i can put in with my guard and my scions again absolutely especially with equivalent shield shit. yeah yeah, for yeah. that purpose. But, dude, I think we both are stunned by how good this is, and every we're very excited to see how it performs. I mean, as this comes out, you guys will I'll be at the LVO on my way or in transit, and you guys will be there to join me soon. 
You're going to call your shot? Call my shot? You th- I think I think Custodes will be in the finals. I think Custodes is going to be top eight minimum. Maybe there's going to be two Custodes in the finals. <laughs> maybe it's going to be John and me in the finals <laughs> together. Oh, that would be disgusting. That would be, uh, that'd be, that would be sick. I'd get up from the stream table and just be like, yeah, I'm not doing this one. Call somebody else in. <laughs> Nobody re-rolls anything. <laughs> Everybody wounds on fours. Everybody wounds on fours into four invulnerable saves. Nothing happens. But anyway, dude, we're going to sign off. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed that. And you'll, you'll come over to part two where we're just going to answer like 30 questions that you guys have laid out to us about this codex because it's, it's come with some hype and some questions. And so we are going to talk those. We're going to unpack what you guys want us to talk about. And yeah, please go and join us over there either on Patreon or the Art of War 40K. Jump in, get involved, and enjoy that war room goodness if you are so inclined. See you at the LVO. Come say hello to me. Come say hello to all the Art of War boys. Please do. Please do. Love, love to meet you. And so many of my mates that I've met in the past in 2020 when I was here, haven't seen for two years. Come get a cuddle. See you there, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.